Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Look, I support all gun control legislation. Not sensible gun control. We don't need the sensible stuff. We need the hardcore stuff that's going to protect ourselves and our children. I think that we need some really drastic action here. We need a moratorium on gun sales. I do have thoughts and prayers. And those thoughts and prayers are to remove as many Republicans, as, as many people who support this evil policy uh, this coming November. Who will say it's time to repeal the Second Amendment? Hmm. Oh, you can't say that. Well, why not? If they had any idea that there would be this kind of carnage, you have to believe that the founders of this country wouldn't support it. I doubt it. You are fake news. Shut up! Silly woman. Very fake. I will eat your ass. Fuck around and find out. I'll do it. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful, charming sneeze co-host, Blonde. Sorry, that was really bad, badly timed, wasn't Welcome. it? Here I thought it was going to be my diseases interrupting the show, which I'll get to momentarily, but uh, anyway. Allergies, man. Terrible allergies. Yeah. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. We take a moment for reflection and gratitude to all those who paid the ultimate price for the cause of our country, as well as their families. Thank you for your sacrifice. And I certainly wish it was a better weekend of news in that spirit or better condition for me to discuss that news. I have determined I have both monkeypox and coronavirus, a rare form of monkey Rona. Uh, wow, who have you been jerking off? A <laughs> Chinese gay man? This is what I get Ayo. for enabling all the hate speech about yeah. monkeypox last weekend. But whatever happened starting Thursday, my whole family got wiped out with something gnarly. I'm talking oh, fevers, no. cold sweats, dry coughs. Even the baby got a fever, though he is now improved. Uh, and so am I, or at least improving. And as bad as things are news-wise, they're about to get much worse because remember... Pride Month starts Wednesday, so oh! get ready for the onslaught God, imminently. Every year, it's like February, okay, it's over, and then June happens. I'm kidding, of course, Pride Month is not as bad as Monkey Rona or Uvalde, or maybe it is. Monkey Rona might be a consequence of Pride Month. We'll find out soon. Better or worse but, than uh, Black History Month, though? Oh, Pride Month is, I think Pride Month is way more obnoxious than Black History Month. 
but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. They're both um, exercises in never shutting the hell up. That's that's the, for sure. The real test is what does your local target look like? <laughs> during I know they're doing Pride event. Month early. I don't know if I saw. I don't know if I saw early Black History Month at Target. We'll find out next year, I guess. Um, but regardless, Uvalde uh, in Texas continues to be an absolute disaster. The shooting, of course, but the police explanation for their tactics after the fact as well. Officials in Texas are now saying the delay in confronting the school shooter at Robb Elementary was because of a, quote, wrong decision that it was no longer an active shooter situation and that the killer had barricaded himself and was no longer a threat to the children. This despite the children actively calling 911 many times at the time of that assessment. It's just an absolute mess. We will go through the facts as they stand this weekend, as well as the political reaction, including the insanity uh, of the protests outside the NRA convention and YouTuber Ethan Klein calling for the conventions bombing. That has been an entertaining uh, piece of news over the weekend. Plus an asshole. How do we let him slide into our ranks? (laughs) We still aspire to slide up to his rank in this YouTube world. That is whatever. uh, True. I want to trade places with Ethan (laughs) Klein. Uh Uh-uh. Well, some some might say that you guys have some rhetorical crossover at times, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if blondes ever may say I don't know if blondes ever gone full calling for a terrorist attack and or bombing in the way that Ethan Klein did. I've said some stuff about abortion clinics. There might. I'm sure someone could dig up some things. We'll, we'll get to that later in the show. Plus, um, a new report says investigators in Buffalo are looking into whether a formal guess who federal agent had advanced notice, uh, advanced knowledge rather of that shooting. Bill Gates laughs at you from Davos saying vaccine mandates are pointless. Welcome to the club, Bill. We have a uh, hoax hate triple header plus a case of acquittal in the killing of a transgender Tinder match that went horribly, but predictably wrong. (laughs) And tonight's movie review is the first ever selected by me. That's Jurassic Park. So stick around. Of course, we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can (laughs) before 1130 PM Eastern time. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store running over there. We have shirts, we have hats, we have mugs, we have it all. Plus, we have great offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA, chemical and fragrance-free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. 
That's promo code MC Listener for 10% off everything with Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from our friends at Hero Soap, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals for listeners by listeners. I have uh, an exciting announcement for myself and potentially you and for the community. Uh, of course, for the longest time on the show, I've talked about my developing perspective on faith and my struggle to connect what I strongly believe in natural law to the specific stories and teachings of the Bible and of Jesus Christ. And people correctly for the longest time have told me, well, you don't find those connections unless you seek them out or at least give them a chance. And I have long had excuses. <clears throat> it is hard for me to go to church on Sundays uh, since it's an all day work day for me. And it's hard to fit a lot more into my schedule, which is already full of professional and parental responsibilities. But the opportunity has come up. I was talking to my friend, Robert, who is a longtime listener of the show, and he has run his own Bible study for some time. In fact, I think you used to participate in Robert's Bible study. I did, but I go to church on Saturdays sometimes. (laughs) Well, Robert's old group disbanded and he was looking for a way to um, get a new one started. And funny, I am looking for a way to get some experience with these concepts. So we thought, why not work together since we're uh, looking to form community and not just study text? Why not involve the audience as well? So I am announcing this coming Saturday night, June 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern time will be the first of my Bible studies with Robert that are conducted by Zoom and yes, are open to listeners for participation. <clears throat> we are starting with a read through John's gospel in a small portion each week to be discussed for an hour each week, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If that's something that is interesting to you, you can head on over to the homepage of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. There is a thumbnail there with the link for the full information. I stress a few things. Uh, the audience participation is, of course, a bit experimental. So I'm doing this because I have a lot of loyalty and, and faith in this community. And I, I hope to make friends and connections and talk about this stuff with you guys together. I understand that that opens the door for a lot of uh, trolling and a lot of uh, people uh, opportunity for people with questionable motives. So please treat it with respect. This is a house of faith and decency. We're um, looking at you, Catboy Cammy. <laughs> if Catboy Cammy wants to come in and kneel on George Floyd's neck, perhaps I'll make an exception. <laughs> but the reason I'm willing to do this because I know that the vast, vast majority of our audience is operating <clears throat> in good faith, and so I, I don't hesitate. Um, the other thing, this is a non-denominational study. So this is um, for people who are interested in understanding of different versions of Christian teachings, not necessarily one in particular. So if you are coming expecting a very rigid um, interpretation or teaching, it might not be for you It or it might. If you you're welcome to come and discuss your particular interpretation as well. Um, but of course, this is also a project that will evolve over time, depending on audience interest and demand. So just understand the whole thing is very experimental. It might go completely awry, but if you're willing to come have a good faith time with us, we are more than willing to have you. And uh, if participating in that Bible study, again, is interesting to you, head on over to the website. Homepage has a link to the full information. That's mattchristiansandmedia.com. And perhaps I will see you next Saturday uh, evening 
and uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but but maybe a blonde sighting might happen as well. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Um, speaking of listener contributions of a completely different variety and certainly an unholy variety. We haven't received a lot of listener artwork for uh, mm-hmm. a little while, but um, we do have a very involved one to make up for that gap in time. Listener Nebulizer has apparently started making remix tracks using uh, some show audio. And this is his very first entry called Slinging Left and Right. Now, Slinging what? Well, I think you know exactly what. Everybody has said something that they regret. Whoops. You fucked up. Thank you. Hey, 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 speaking of sodomy. Super gay. Shame. Whoa. Say the slur. But it is not the slur that we expect. The N word. Whoa. Whoops. <laughs> a teachable moment. I am super white. You fucked up. Hey, speaking of transgender penises. And a man. Okay. Comes in. Testicles and a penis. Dick is swinging left and right. Sexual agenda? AIDS was really taking care of business. Now that I came out of the closet. <laughs> Faggot? Fuggo. I just thought if I got the vaccine that they would leave me alone. It's okay to say weird bullshit. But that butthole's on the mind. Jessica Dickler. I can't stand the smell of vampires. Why do you do this to me? Just a little bit of slavery is fine. There are some exceptions. <laughs> I find this outrageous. You know, if you want to, uh... Get us in trouble, <laughs> Ethan Klein style. That's a good uh, remix to do it, I suppose. When was I talking about my own farts? I, I really need to scale it back on this show. AIDS was really taking care of business. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember saying that either. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember talking about a little bit of slavery being fine, but uh, I'm sure there was a context. There always is. Anyway. <laughs> Um, That's the best. That's so good. <laughs> I will link that song in the description and over on the uh, the website on the community page later. If there um, if there's popular demand, perhaps Nebulizer will make more of those tracks for your enjoyment. <laughs> One more quick item. You actually heard me reference his name in that song. Uh, recall the linebacker for the Navy Midshipman football team with the unbelievable name. Yes, that's Diego. Fago. Careful. Yeah. Diego Fago. F-A-G-O-T. Fago. Now, Diego went undrafted in the NFL draft at the end of April, but as of this week, he has officially signed a contract with the Baltimore Ravens after being granted permission by the Defense Department to pursue a career in football. Diego is a long shot to make the Ravens team or any NFL team for that matter. But I will be cheering for him through his efforts, uh, not just because he's an underdog, but because I want to see how many play-by-play announcer careers he can ruin just by being on the field. I look forward to the career of Diego Fago. That's great. He's going to destroy lives. I can't wait. Just by being there. And uh, mm. the jerseys are going to fly off the racks if he makes it. <laughs> Everyone's going to buy one. All those AIDS folk. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, there's no fun way to transition into the major news of the weekend. Indeed, the weekend. But um, we will discuss it in detail. uh, What's going on in Uvalde? Of course, as it stands now, those killed are 19 children, two teachers. And on Thursday, the husband of one of those teachers himself died suddenly after placing flowers at his wife's memorial site. I've seen reports of a heart attack. His family says he died of grief. 
He returned home from placing flowers at his wife's memorial site. He sat at the kitchen table and he suddenly collapsed. Efforts to revive him were unsuccessful. Just a horribly sad story on top of a horribly sad story. At least four others were injured, including uh, a 10 year old who has now been released from the hospital uh, as of Friday. A 66 year old woman and a 10 year old girl remain in serious condition at the hospital. Good Lord. And in addition to the loss of life, of course, it's been it's been frustrating to try to process what happened just as a consumer of news and as a factual matter, because the facts have changed almost daily since the shooting happened on Tuesday. According to reports uh, provided by the police, primarily through the um, the Texas Department of Public Safety, that's where we're getting this information and it, it just keeps changing. Their latest press conference was on Friday. So this is where the timeline stands as they delivered it then and through the weekend, we'll go through this information with the understanding that this information could change the next time they talk because almost every time they talk will be different by the end of the show. It has. Yeah. Yeah. So it all starts with the shooter. This is 18 year old Salvador Ramos, who is a legal citizen who attended high school in Uvalde, though apparently was a dropout had not graduated, Uh, but he just turned 18 earlier in the month. He takes, I'm, uh, uh, implicitly or presumably one of his rifles, though I'm not exactly sure. We'll get to his weapons later, but he shoots his grandma in the face. This apparently over a dispute about the cell phone bill. Uh, Salvador was, you know, running up the data cost or something like that. She survives and calls nine one one man, tough old bitch. She got shot right in the face. She's expected to, she's expected to survive. I don't know the extent of her injuries, but Yeah. yeah, But she's expected to to uh, survive. So before and after shooting his grandma, Ramos messaged a 15 year old female online acquaintance in Germany. Ramos said he had just shot his grandma in the head and that he was going to shoot up an elementary school. And uh, these messages are time stamped, according to the screenshot provided here. The last that he sent was at 21 after the hour, which I think this is German timestamps. I think that's 1121 local time uh, in Texas. So, and, and also hours earlier, Ramos had also messaged a female online acquaintance on Instagram, trying to quote, tell her a secret. Those messages were not specific. That uh, female acquaintance was in Los Angeles. So no word on whether or not the German girl read and believed him. Apparently, she didn't reply until what looks like about five hours later. As far as I understand, she did not see the messages before the shooting happened. And if the timeline is to be believed, if I'm correct that this is he sent those messages at 1121 local, there's 12 minutes between Hmm. him uh, sending her that message and him entering the school. So a very tight timeline. So, okay. So he he shoots his grandma in the face. He, he messages this German girl. And now here's a new piece of information as of Friday. Right after Ramos, uh, Ramos messages, messages this girl telling her he's going to go shoot up the school. At 1127, a teacher at Rob Elementary props open a door and leaves it open. Ooh. This is the door that Ramos used to enter the school shortly thereafter. 1127. The exterior door where we knew the, the shooter entered, Ramos, was propped open by a teacher. 11.28, the suspect vehicle crashes into the ditch. Okay. Ugh. So 
as I mentioned, you know, point of fact, as we understand here, there's no reason to believe that this German girl saw the message ahead of time, let alone right. informed somebody. But I, I do have to admit, I find it slightly odd that we know he's messaging people ahead of time. And then inexplicably, this teacher props open a door. We don't know who the teacher is or why the teacher did this props open a door and leaves it open. And I find it even more difficult to understand given the rest of the timeline here. So the shooter then drives to drives his grandma's truck and crashes it uh, near Rob elementary at 1128. The crash prompted another resident to call 911. Okay. Ramos exits the truck with a rifle also at 1128. And this is where the teacher opening the door thing gets kind of weird. A teacher in the school runs to a room to get a phone then walked back to the exit door that remained open, which implies to me this teacher is clearly aware, if it's not the same teacher who opened the door, clearly aware that there's a door open and looking right, at right. what is some sort of sketchy shooting situation outside, grabbing a phone to call 911. Uh, Ramos starts shooting at a funeral home across the street at two men. They run away. The teacher calls 911 from inside the school saying there's a crash and a man with a gun shooting. The door apparently remains open, though which is all very bizarre. So according to this timeline, the teacher was aware of the open door, at least as published in the local news here, aware of the shooting did not close the door. And we still don't have a great explanation for that, that I've seen, or at least a detailed explanation of who that is. You getting why. real tinfoily. Mm. I'm trying not to, but there are so many weird things about this. And that's one of them. This door just being not just open for him, but open for him on such a tight timeline. Right, right. With everything else. As though it was, again, as though it was, not it was, as though it was prompted. Okay? it The, the timeline is just so tight that I, I have to raise an eyebrow at that. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm not saying that this is all a big conspiracy theory. But you have to notice things like that. Just saying it might be. <laughs> okay. So another new piece of information is about this school resource officer. So it was reported by the Texas Department of Public Safety earlier this week that an armed school police officer uh, had exchanged gunfire with Ramos before his entry. Now they say that's not true, but they've said that's not true in a couple of different ways. According to DPS on Friday, the school officer was not on the scene at the time, but responded to that teacher 911 call and accidentally drove right past the shooter before oh. the shooter's entry into the school. Man, that's a really big screw. But the okay. bottom line is that Press officer it. was not on scene, not on campus, but had heard the 911 call with a man with a gun, drove immediately to the area, sped to what he thought was the man with a gun, to the back of the school, what turned out to be a teacher, and not the suspect. In doing so, he drove right by the suspect, who was hunkered down behind a vehicle, where he began shooting at the school. And this after DPS had just said on Thursday in a press conference the day prior, there was no school officer at all. Oh, man. Was there a school officer on campus? Was that school officer armed? So at this time, no. No. There was not an officer readily available armed. No. Was there an officer? Was there no. An officer? No. no. Nothing. I can't answer that yet. I'll circle back. Oh, the old circle back. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. So in any case, there was no officer intervention with Ramos before he entered the school. There was no intervention with Ramos by anybody 
uh, even though he had been shooting at people outside of the school for several minutes. And even though uh, a teacher was aware of an open door, he just walked right in through uh, the door, apparently. And then the question, the rest of the timeline becomes why the delay? So through the rest of this timeline here, as as Ramos approaches the school, uh, he enters the school at 1133 a.m. This after shooting through some some classroom windows outside, he begins shooting in two rooms, initially firing over 100 rounds, 1135. So two minutes after he walks into the school and just is popping off rounds, three Uvalde police officers enter the school using the same open door, followed by four more Uvalde officers and a sheriff's deputy. So eight police officers on scene within about two minutes of Ramos's entry. And this is where the clock ticking really starts uh, happening here. 1137 Ramos fires another 16 rounds inside the classroom. So two minutes after the cops are already in there, 16 rounds go off. 1151 U S border patrol agents arrive on the scene. 1203. Now there are 19 total police officers in the hallway outside the classroom. 1215 a border patrol tactical team with a ballistic shield is ready to go. 1221 Ramos fires more shots believed to be at the door. 1250 officers get a set of keys from a janitor, unlock the classroom door and shoot and kill Ramos. No officers injured, but for uh, one who's who had a a round from Ramos graze his head. And there are images of lucky. Uh, Let's see. Where is that? Here? Here is the I can't show the image of the guy's scalp because I think Susan might have my scalp if I show it almost got him, though, right? It, I mean, I think he had to have staples or stitches in his head because the the grays actually wounded him. Uh, but he will be fine. He, that guy is an inch away from dying uh, or was an inch away from dying. Now, what, I'm unclear. I've seen conflicting reports. People say that border agent who was grazed in the head is the one who killed Ramos. I've seen other reports saying not. But there was a border patrol team of which this guy was a part that opened the door and shot Ramos dead at uh, at 1250. Now, DPS confirms that after Ramos entered the classroom and locked the door, police made no breach attempts on the door until the breach that killed him. And there's a lot of explanation, or at least there has been over the last few days for why it took so long, over an hour for when police arrived at the school to when Ramos is finally killed over 30 minutes from when the tactical team was ready to go with the ballistic shield. Until Ramos was killed. Early explanations were that was because of equipment. If they didn't have the shield, it would be certain death for police at the door. Well, we now know that they had the shield and it was good to go 30 minutes before they took Ramos out. Well, what about the door? Maybe they couldn't get in without the key. Well, I I suppose it's possible that it takes a half hour or something to get a key. Maybe they're just that disorganized at this school. Not a lot of explanation for attempts to breach the door otherwise uh, without the key. But neither of these explanations are what DPS is going with now. Now they're saying the situation was um, was incorrectly assessed as no longer an active shooter situation. They made the wrong decision. They're saying they believed it was simply a barricaded subject and that the children were no longer at risk which doesn't make a lot of sense because they have call records of children inside the classroom with Ramos calling 911 throughout the incident many times asking for police. 
And that's why DPS is now admitting that assessment by the commanding officer on site, reportedly Uvalde, reportedly the chief of police for the Uvalde school district was uh, incorrect. This was a pretty stunning moment at the press conference on Friday. What happens when the home is try and break either that door or another door to get inside that classroom? None at that time. Why? The on-scene commander at the time believed that it had transitioned from an active shooter to a barricaded subject. You have children who are calling 911 saying, please send the police. Obviously, you know, based upon the information we have, there were children in that classroom that were at risk, and it was, in fact, still an active shooter situation and not a barricaded subject. There was 19 officers in there. In fact, there was plenty of officers to do whatever needed to be done, with one exception, is that the, the incident commander inside believed they needed more equipment and more officers to do a tactical breach at that point. That's why BORTAC was requested. For the benefit of hindsight, where I'm sitting now, of course it was not the right decision. It was the wrong decision, period. There's no, no excuse for that. Man, okay. there's no way that's true. Well, you know, you mentioned tinfoil. It's hard not to get a little bit tinfoily about some of these things. And because police apparently wrongly believed it was not an active shooter situation, the shield team ready to go was also not deployed immediately. And the DPS spokesman was asked why the shield team didn't go in as soon as it was ready. And he had no clear answer for that. By 12.15, you had at least 15 officers and shields on scene, yeah. yet you did not breach the door until 12.50. Hey, like I've said it before, is that, well, first of all, when it comes to an active shooter, is you don't have to wait on tactical gear. Do you believe Plain you and simple, you, you've got, got an obligation. What I know now, okay, absolutely, it was an active shooter. So he's saying they shouldn't have even waited on the tactical gear. And yet they had right. the tactical gear ready to go for a half hour. Before. It's a bunch of little kids who cares about their protection. They're supposed to protect and serve. What about just charging in there? It's just one guy. Well, and risking um, their lives like their lives can't be risked. What? Why are you even doing this job? You pussies. DPS is certainly not doing itself any favors with communications on that front. Uh, another one of their officers went on CNN to say the American people need to understand if officers intervene, they might get shot. And these tactics enabled the containment of Ramos. But don't current the best practices, Lieutenant, call for officers to disable a shooter as quickly as possible, regardless of how many officers are actually on site. Correct. The active shooter situation, you want to stop the killing, you want to preserve life, but also officers are making entry into this building. Uh, they do not know where the gunman is. At that point, if they if they proceeded any further, not knowing where this suspect was at, um, they could have been shot, they could have been killed, and at that point, that gunman would have the opportunity to kill other people inside that school. So they were able to contain that gunman inside that classroom uh, so that he was not able to go to any other portions of the school to commit any other killings. No one's going to spin that this is 19 kids dying is a good thing for me. We're supposed to believe, I guess, according to that explanation, that it was contained and 19 is much lower than it could have possibly been. The problem is there are there are kids wounded, bleeding out other kids trying to hide for their lives, also contained <clears> in the <throat> same area as the shooter. And the explanation is is completely incoherent. Anyway, the police can't intervene because they don't know where the shooter is. Also, they shouldn't intervene because they have the shooter contained. 
Right. And then also they can intervene without getting all of their necessary equipment and should intervene. uh, But they didn't intervene because of that. (laughs) We don't know where he is. We know exactly where he is. Either way, stand down is the conclusion. And stand down appears to have been uh, an order. You know, there's a lot of questions about what was this some sort of ridiculous order that was given? Was this mass scale cowardice? What was going on here? Well, there was, in fact, uh, direction to stand down and not make attempts to force entry into that classroom. Pete Arredondo, the chief of police of the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District, gave the order for police on scene not to break into the classroom. An officer speaking anonymously with People magazine says there was almost a mutiny among these officers. We were like, this is an effing gunman in the school. We hear gunshots and we're just going to stand here with our thumbs up our asses. We wanted to go in and save lives. It was the most frustrating situation of my entire career. We felt like cowards. It felt cowardly to stand off and let this punk, this kid, this 18 year old asshole just go in and do whatever he wanted to do. There was a lot of arguing, a lot of cussing, a lot of people who were saying we should just say F it and go in. But then what? We needed to have a plan and the commander didn't have a plan. So that's frustrating. You know, it's like I I know that just because you get orders and as we'll get to how this was resolved, it was resolved by people not following orders. So, you know, if if you're if you're a local police officer on the scene there and you, you disagree with the orders being given and you feel like you're doing a disservice to kids who are suffering and dying, you also need to have some level of organization because if it's just a mob and as, or if it, you know, the parents storming the school, even as we'll get to in a moment too. Uh, yeah. Is that, it's hard to imagine a lot of things worse than how this played out, but you know, you probably don't want to go at it zombie style either. There are probably some considerations that, that you should make. Yeah. Um, the other trouble for the uh, police officers and particularly the one giving that order uh, and DPS trying to explain it is that it doesn't follow Uvalde police training for active shooters at all. Uvalde school district has hosted at least two active shooter training days recently. Uh, one just two months ago in cooperation with uh, Uvalde police. The training documents state priority number one is stopping the killing. Uh Move uh, and confront the attacker. The documents say even a single officer may have to do this alone. The documents say that uh, the first responding officers may be risking their lives, but the lives of innocents take priority. The documents say that a, um, a first responder unwilling to place the lives of the innocent above their own safety should consider another career field. This is Uvalde training documentation. This is not, you know, some Internet criticism. Of, of what happened here. This is what is supposed to be the protocol for the response in such a situation given by the authorities in this local jurisdiction. So if it wasn't um, all of these other considerations, if it wasn't the key, if it wasn't the arrival of the tactical shields and the other equipment that prompted the entry, well, what was it that prompted the entry? And we're now getting reports, at least as of yesterday, that the border patrol agents who eventually killed Ramos were instructed by local law enforcement, Uvalde police or the school district police to wait and not go after the gunman. But after about 30 minutes, the border patrol agents went against that order and took down the shooter themselves. And why did they decide to do that? Well, the breaking point, according to this report was watching parents who were trying to go into the building themselves. And there is video of some of that parents outside the building screaming for intervention, being held back by armed uh, and armored police, uh, various agencies. 
Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, terrible scene, obviously. Uh, you weren't able to find any kind of timestamp on that, were you? Mm-mm. So I'll, I'll note, as far as we understand, it's not clear what the exact time on that video is, whether where it happened in relation to the rest of the timeline. Yeah. Um, and and sure, you know, it's from the police perspective, well, what do you want? Just random people to run into an active shooter situation? I get it. You probably don't want that. But it might be wiser than doing nothing, letting a guy sit there and kill kids yeah. and yeah. letting injured kids bleed out. And even if there's delay and I want to, you know, grant the point that strategy takes time and that's what the police were doing. I mean, according to this officer speaking with people that's not what was happening there was not strategy being developed it was just uh an an unending stand down order for i guess the some safe safe moment forthcoming but yeah i mean i i tried to i'm trying and i've tried so far to withhold snap judgment even though these scenes are horrific and it's hard not to identify with a parent willing to do anything to go into a shooting situation like that to save their kid I try to understand it from the police perspective and I'm, I'm still doing my best. It's very difficult. It's getting harder and harder to understand. It's also harder when, as I mentioned, the story changes every other day. I think they're trying to cover up their cowardice. Maybe. I mean, if you could explain to me, these were the tactical decisions that were made in retrospect. They were poor, which is kind of what they're doing, I guess. But th- they haven't given I haven't heard the explanation, I suppose. If Border Patrol agents had followed the orders that were given to them, when were they going to go in? I have not heard that timeline, that explanation. And so I'll wait for that. But man, um, to this theme of parents being, you know, uh, confronted outside the school and stopped by police officers. um, You can see in that video clip, it looks like someone is being detained. I'm not sure if it's this woman or someone else. But one woman claims she was one of numerous parents telling police to go into the school. She says federal marshals approached her and put her in handcuffs, arresting her for intervening in an active investigation. Once she was freed, she says she moved away from the crowd, jumped a fence and ran inside the school and got her kids out. The U.S. marshals have disputed that account. They've denied it. They say uh, deputy marshals never arrested or placed anyone in handcuffs while securing the crime scene perimeter. Now, let's talk a little bit about the shooter's weapons. Uh, the one that he used at the, at the school was reportedly a Daniel Defense AR-15 with an EOTech optic on it. That's one of two rifles the shooter bought just after his 18th birthday, earlier in the What's month. What's that going to run you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice one. So Ramos passed a federally required background check in, uh, in both purchases. They were a couple days apart. But yeah, I bring up the specifics of the rifles because even the one is an insanely expensive kit. The Daniel Defense rifle is at least eighteen hundred bucks. The EOTech optic is six hundred bucks. This, in combination with the uh, second rifle and hundreds of rounds, would be a purchase potentially clearing four thousand dollars, if not more. And he was dirt poor, right? He was bullied for being poor, according to some reports. And he was um, working at Wendy's. 
I must have had to save up for a long time to get a, a setup this expensive. And, and people have been wondering, well, how did he do it? Did he use a credit card? Did someone give him money at, at, at the press conference on Friday? Did some Fed give him money? <laughs> well, we know Dan the Fed got some sweet benefits for his work in Michigan. I don't know what's going on here. But at the press conference on Friday, DPS said that Ramos used a debit card to make these purchases. A debit card, not a credit card. That's what he used he a debit card first, but to your point, it's very expensive, and a debit card is not a credit card. It means he had money in the bank. So we know that he was living um, intermittently between his mom and his grandma's house. So I suppose if you aren't paying your own living expenses, saving money with even a low paying job isn't impossible. If I want to give this explanation as much credit as possible, but there are more oddities on this gun purchase. According to his grandfather, Ramos had no driver's license. If you scroll down to the last sentence in this ABC story. Hmm. Now, some form of ID is required to buy the weapons and to pass the background check. Perhaps Ramos had a state-issued ID and not a driver's license. Okay, that's certainly plausible. If so, though, how did he get to the place to buy the weapons? Did someone drive him? Did he just walk and carry hundreds of rounds of ammunition and multiple... (laughs) Well, I guess he bought the rifles on two separate occasions, so maybe it'd be easier to carry. But it, it just... It seems like without the ability to drive himself, the likelihood of having zero assistance is low, and everybody is denying any knowledge. Uh, uh, that he had made these purchases. Um, Grandpa, at whose house Ramos was living, in fact, can't have any weapons in the house because he is a felon. So even having weapons in the home would be legally questionable. And everybody else, uh, they're all denying the knowledge. Grandpa says he had no idea that Ramos bought these guns. Grandma says she had no idea. Mom is on drugs. Dad is nowhere to be found until he uh, showed up to issue a statement in uh, uh, recently, a couple days ago, as we'll get to given all the red flags about this kid. And I don't mean that in the legal sense. I mean that in just the colloquial, there are warning signs type sense. Yeah. Um, I'd say so. If you had no idea any of this trouble was happening, you're not a very good family member, but it appears that this is the product of not a very good family. And for all the talk of common sense gun control that we'll get to, common sense family integrity, uh, once again, never discussed. How about that? This would have been prevented at the first stage, wouldn't it have? One would think so. Now, another revelation from uh, this press conference on Friday, there had been a claim that Ramos was arrested previously for making a threat to commit a school shooting in Uvalde. Uh, According to DPS, those claims are not true. Those uh, juveniles arrested were not uh, Ramos. And one of those is is going around now that there's that, uh, in fact, the subject had been one of the two arrested by the Texas Rangers and the local police back in 2018. That's not the case. He was not one of the individuals. Okay. Yeah, so this started because... uh, Tony Gonzalez told Fox News that um, Ramos was arrested in 2018 for threatening to shoot up a school. Now, this did happen, but it was two different kids, 13 and 14 years old, and they're still in juvie um, for conspiracy to commit capital murder. I presume their identities haven't been released yet because of their age at the time of the crime. But it's confirmed. But it it wasn't him. Yeah, it's confirmed it was not him. Okay. I mentioned that the parents had some uh, reactions and um, 
Well, they probably should not have offered commentary the way it turned out. Uh, The commentary from the shooter's mom is about the worst thing you could possibly say. I'm going to chalk this one up to a translation error, but it's probably not. I have no words to say. I don't know what he was thinking. He had his reasons for doing what he did, and please don't judge him. I only want the innocent children who died to forgive me. What? Okay. Well, um, I shouldn't have been dressed like that or something. He had his reasons. He had his reasons. Please don't judge him. I think she means uh, there are no possible reasons. Judge him as harshly as possible because of that. Right. And then demanding that the girl that the kids forgive her. Well, uh, is this a translation error? This seems like an incredibly insane thing to say. That's what they're going with. That's what's reported. The father of the shooter, who, again, has been absent from his son's life, spoke with the Daily Beast to say he's sorry for what his son did. Uh, Dad says he has not seen his son in some time, get this, due to fears of COVID-19. Oh, man, he was a great dad, but he didn't want to see his son because he didn't want to get exposed to COVID-19. Well, he sure did keep all those kids safe now, didn't he? Right. Again, horrible risk calculation. Abandoned teen son for safety. Good call, Dad. We appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, Dad says he wishes his son would have killed him instead. Dad says, they killed my baby, man. I'm never going to see my son again, just like they're not going to see their kids. And that hurts me. Man, these parents. It seems like never seeing his son again was kind of his plan, his his mode of operation until this point. Dad says, I don't want people calling him a monster. They don't know nothing, man. They don't know anything he was going through. Well. In fairness, neither does dad. Uh, it's 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 not their concern what your son was going through. It's yours. And you neglected that for years. And here we are. Yep. Other immediate reactions uh, where saying nothing certainly would have been better. <laughs> Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto uh, O'Rourke. I have to be careful because other people got it wrong as we get to Beto O'Rourke interrupted a Wednesday press conference to yell at his opponent, uh, incumbent Governor Greg Abbott, and the rest of the officials on stage. The mayor of Uvalde, Dan McLaughlin, or McLaughlin, uh, called Beto a sick son of a bitch, and he later said he has absolutely no respect for Beto. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I don't like this. Shooting is right now, and you are doing nothing. No, you should get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to. So this is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political. They want to have that discussion. That's fine. But that event today was not the place or the time to come in there and attack the governor or anybody else there. If he wants to have that discussion, have it outside somewhere or something. No community should have to go through what we have to in this community. And for a person to come in there and start that crap, I, I have no respect for Beto. And the haters that hate that send me the emails and the texts, to hell with you too. I'm just telling you. Where's Governor Body Slam when you need him? <laughs> yeah, probably could have uh, deployed him to handle that situation. But yeah, it's a desperate move for a desperate man. Beto trails Abbott by up to 10 points in recent polling. I don't expect this move to improve that. Uh, hilariously, uh, Time Magazine had to correct a tweet they put out about the story 
Time says the original version of this tweet misspelled Beto O'Rourke's name. It is Beto, not Beta. <laughs> okay. Was that truly an accident? I don't know, but uh, you got to laugh at the results. <laughs> the laughs are few and far between in this story, and there's one. I mentioned this on uh, Wednesday, but I have to give it its due attention on Sunday. I don't know if anybody's immediate reaction was as insane as former President uh, Barack Obama's. On Wednesday, we played that little game where you had five questions to try to guess what other progressive issue yeah. Obama shoehorned into his Uvalde reaction. And you got I close. I never did, did I? You I didn't very, get close at all. I think you got to a racial topic later, like your last question, if I recall. Uh, it's not, and it wasn't a bad performance because that was my bet, is nobody could possibly guess such nonsense. What an insane connection. Obama tweeted, quote, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us to this day, especially those who loved him. Yes, uh, George Floyd, a career criminal who, of course, held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. Uh, he's just like innocent 10 year olds that were murdered <laughs> that get in, slaughtered in randomly at their school. Yeah, I think all the uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, that detail will come out later this week. It turns out all 19 of those kids in Uvalde also had uh, fatal doses of fentanyl in their systems. That was <laughs> that was the that's the connection. Very similar circumstances. Yeah, totally. You know how bad this is. Obama is a quasi God. Not a quasi. He is a God to these people. He is a deity. He's nearly ratioed on this tweet. It almost got him 84,000 replies to 130,000 likes. It's close. But to have even an an Obama tweet even close to ratio just shows how bad it truly is. He doesn't care. So, no, I'm sure he does not. I suppose uh, we have some time to talk about all the gun control ideas uh, before the top of the hour and a break here. And maybe we'll stop before we get to the uh, NRA convention stuff. But of course, the most significant uh, political reactions are going to be on the actual policy front. What laws, if any, are going to change as a, re- a reaction to this event? Earlier in the week, we saw Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy screaming, do something. You must do something on the Senate floor. Activists uh, screamed the same thing at Biden today in Uvalde. Do something. And he said, we will. Ooh, okay. And they insist that we believe that they aren't out to ban guns entirely, uh, as as we'll get to. Some are. Um, and I just don't believe them for good reason. You shouldn't necessarily believe them when they say that. But even if we take them at their word, I don't hear a lot of ideas that are directly related to the facts in this case. The, the arguments become totally incoherent as far as I'm concerned. The police are bad at their jobs. As we watched, I guess, is is the argument in Uvalde. All right. Which is why only the police should have guns is the conclusion. Okay. As the New York Times noted today, they have uh, this collection of headlines that note how many recent mass shooters have purchased their guns legally. Well, is the implication that just one more law would have stopped all of it? And if so, what is that law? If it's all of these guys who were not prohibited from buying guns and doing that legally. And that's what happened. How would you change the law other than stopping non-prohibited people from buying guns? You talk about not wanting to ban guns from law-abiding citizens. Well, that's the only way to get around these headlines that you're featuring. And if the shooter passed a background check twice, as we know that he did, well, how is requiring more background checks going to stop this? 
Because they would have gotten him on the third background check, don't you know? I guess. We're always one away. Dang it. One away. So close every time. Well, you know, the arguments may be incoherent as far as I'm concerned, but that doesn't mean they're incoherent as far as Republican members of Congress are concerned because the cracks are starting to show. Mitch McConnell has assigned Texas Senator John Cornyn to work with Democrats on gun control compromises. So what might those ideas be? Well, Republican legislators are pushing hard for some sort of mental health reform. What that means, we'll have to wait and see. As far as actual gun control, well, there's a lot of talk of raising the uh, rifle age to 21. Uh, So under federal law, you only need to be 18 to purchase rifles, 21 for handguns. Changing that would have, I guess, stopped this shooter from legal purchase at the shop. If we Mm. decide to go this route, we'll see what sort of difference that actually makes. My guess is none, considering how many rifles are out there in private hands. But it's also not exactly clear that that this idea would even be legally square. Uh, California had this very law. And the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals struck it down as an arbitrary violation of the Second Amendment rights of adult citizens. So we'll see if that stands. Uh, There's a push for so-called universal background checks, which um, Democrats always cite as having 90 percent support. Of course, it sounds good. I suppose you get a background check before you buy a gun. Everyone thinks that's a good idea. Well, the reality is that is already effectively the legal status quo under current federal law. Anybody in the business of selling guns must administer background checks at the point of purchase. So every single store that you see across the country that's selling guns where people are buying guns, they're doing background checks by federal law. They must also under federal law, any interstate transfer of a firearm requires a background check because that transfer must be conducted through those federally licensed dealers. So what are we talking about? We're talking about, Background checks for private sales or exchanges between individuals within the same state. So, but that's not even how he got these guns. Who cares? No, it's not how he. No, it's not how he got these guns, and it's not even clear how much crime that's responsible for. So, why would this specific shooting spur these changes that have nothing to do with this specific shooting? Because it's about taking every inch. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but to to give them. A hypothetical to, to take their idea in good faith. Uh, let's say um, uh, that I want to sell a gun that I have to my neighbor. Uh, since that's a private sale in the state of Montana, I don't have to run to uh, a dealer to get a background check to, con- to complete that sale. But if he's a felon or a prohibited person under federal law and I still do it, I'm still on the hook. Right. So it's not like even the lack of background checks required for private sales within a state means that I can sell to a prohibited person. That's fine. It's not. So why would one, the question is why would one oppose these background checks on private sales? Doesn't everybody support background checks? I'm not even drinking a beer tonight and I still got the burps. My apologies, but you know, the voice is, but what, what would be is. the incentive for you to do that anyway? Because you would um, be implicated in the crime that they would commit the subsequent. Crime well, because the, the, the sale, I suppose in that case, the sale isn't completed until the check is required. So you wouldn't be implicated because the transfer hasn't been completed. It would be connected to you in some way. I don't think that gun that unless you're selling oh. a gun that you use to kill somebody that you would even have an incentive to do. Oh, this. I see. Like if you to sell if it to you another were, criminal, if you were. Yeah. If you had criminal intent, of course you wouldn't do it. Right. Right. Uh, but here, here's why. Here's why this should be opposed. These universal background checks. Number one, they're unnecessary. It's already federally illegal to sell to a prohibited person. 
Number two, the federal government has no role here. It is business strictly within a state. That is not the federal government's domain. And number three, it's a pathway to a federal gun registry. Under such a plan, the feds would have a record of every single gun, who owns it, and where. So unless you think they're just going to stop right there at universal background checks, perhaps they might think about more inches to take later. You have we have now, if we agree to these terms, given them the tools for confiscation later. That's what this roadmap would mean. There's also talk of a federal assault weapons ban, but uh, I have a hard time seeing the numbers coming together for that one. Um, they'd have to get 60 votes or convince cinema and mansion to blow up the filibuster to do it. And I, I just don't see that one happening. Now, uh, Michael Moore, uh, I, I, should I just give him credit for being honest here? Because <laughs> maybe, <laughs> you know, I try to take their ideas and their arguments in good faith. And I say, I shouldn't because every once in a while, the truth just slips out. And, and Michael Moore and others, they'll just tell you, uh, I don't support the Second Amendment. It's not, well, I support the Second Amendment, but no, it's I want to repeal part, yeah. the Second Amendment. And this is why you can't give an inch, because if we don't share the same values for self-defense, their end goal is not mm-hmm. respecting your rights while minimizing criminal danger. It's erasing your rights. And right. in some cases, they admit as much. So here's Michael Moore straight up saying it on MSNBC this week. It's time to repeal the Second Amendment. Who will say on this network, this network, or any other network in the next few days, it's time to repeal the Second Amendment? Oh, you can't say that. Well, why not? I truly believe if Jefferson and Washington and Madison, if they all knew that the bullet would be invented some 50 years after our revolution, I don't know if they would have written it that way. They didn't even know what a bullet was. It didn't exist to the 1830s. If they had any idea that there would be this kind of carnage, you have to believe that the founders of this country wouldn't support it. Look, I support all gun control legislation, not sensible gun control. We don't need the sensible stuff. We need the hardcore stuff that's going to protect ourselves and our children. I do have thoughts and prayers, and those thoughts and prayers are to remove as many Republicans, as as many people who support this evil policy uh, this coming November. Americans know this. They don't want this. They don't want their kids killed at school. That's the vast majority of Americans. I'm in the mainstream of that. Well, he's not particularly subversive. So I guess I should give him credit for that. It's honest. I guess. Um, but this idea that there was no carnage yeah. Uh, back in the day of of the revolution and and later the founding fathers, it's it's a preposterous notion. People were living extremely difficult lives and had seen war in their lives, um, and they had cannons. So I'm pretty sure that the bullet was a concept. Well, this is what That's he's saying is, true, is plainly is ridiculous. So what he's talking about is the modern self contained cartridge. Okay, the cartridge. What difference does that make? They they had bullets and bullet powder. Right. So today's cartridge is the projectile, the propellant and the primer all included as part of one self-contained entity that was not invented until decades after the revolution. But prior to that invention, including at the time of the Revolutionary War, they had those things all handled separately. You load a propellant into the gun. You then load a projectile into the gun. Then you ignite it. And yes, the projectile, the bullet flies away at a target. So Did he say bullet? There were no bullets until 1830? He said they didn't know what bullets were. They were clearly aware of bullets. I understand he means 
cartridge, self-contained cartridge in the modern sense. But they had just finished a war where they were shooting bullets at each other for years. They were clearly very aware of what projectiles shot through the air to do damage to a target were for and what they mean as a concept in self-defense and what sort of carnage bullet powder. I think I don't know if he said bullet powder, but no, no, I think I said bullet powder. Ah, Okay, well, so I'm I'm the Michael Moore, but even I knew that that was a preposterous <laughs> statement with my lack of knowledge about historical yeah. weaponry. Well, and of course, just I I don't even want to bury what's arguably more important. You know, if you disagree with Michael Moore, it's because you want your kids killed at school. I'm part of the I'm part of the majority that doesn't want kids killed at school. Well, congratulations. No one wants that. Yeah, congratulations. What a what a <laughs> what an amazing moral take that others don't share with you. And, um, you know, if you support the Second Amendment and your God-given right to self-defense, you are evil. You support an evil policy because, of course, good people surrender and make themselves vulnerable to evil, I guess. Mm-hmm. This nonsense, like the founders weren't aware of this technology. They weren't aware of the technology of MSNBC. I'm certain that they still would have respected <laughs> Michael Moore's right to broadcast his idiocy right. to thousands immediately. Is that right. how far the left has gone that I'm, I look at what Michael Moore says and I'm like, well, I appreciate that he's saying it. Yeah, he's, he's one of the good guys, a real treasure. Uh, okay, we probably should take a break there. I do want to talk a little bit more about the reasoning behind gun control. We'll get to the NRA protests uh, and the rest of tonight's topics after that. But let's take a break for now. Man, what a terrible story. Okay. Uh, Holden Mulray, a farmer asked his son to divide a field, putting a chicken pen, pond, manure, pile, and corn crib in each corner, agreeing with the first and second son, and and the second. The son did his ass, but switched the last location. As a percentage, how obedient was he? Oh, God. I can't handle... My my brain is fried and I'm diseased. I can't handle a math problem right now. I think it's it's a question of morality. Hold on. You've... You fried my brain, Holden. You might have to read this. I have to reserve these energies for the Bible study. And corn crib in each corner, agreeing with the first and the second. The son did his ass, but switched the last two locations. As a percent, how obedient was he? Well, wasn't he? There uh, there wasn't any command to put them in a particular arrangement. He said, "Just divide them into these." What's the problem with changing the arrangement? I would say he was a hundred percent obedient. That's true. Unless I'm misunderstanding, Holden. He said, create these certain divisions in the field, and he did that. It wasn't, it didn't say create the divisions in this field in this arrangement. Yeah. You can arrange them however you want. Bill Biz Blonde, awesome interview with Lauren Witzke. Den- definitely one of the most energetic, committed, and positive personalities I've seen in a while. Yeah, she is just the greatest. We, it was like we were old friends, first time talking. Um, hmm. Check that out on my channel. Robin D. Banks, hold up. You mean to tell me that the same government that left 80 billion in guns to the Taliban want to lecture me on gun control? They can suck them a fat one. Yeah. A fair yep. point. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Daniel Kunkel says the AR 15 has been around for decades, but these acts of murder are increasingly exploited. The rifle is unchanged aside from being modular. So, what changed? Where do we morally and culturally break? Yeah. Once yeah. again, uh, nobody's discussing the real issues. The gun control measures are um, really have nothing to do with the facts of the shooting. This guy had a, a horribly dysfunctional family, a mother on drugs, basically an absentee father. Uh, nobody was paying attention to what he was doing. He uh, had unfettered Internet access where he was talking to all sorts of people. 
I see you folks on Discord. Um, <laughs> this is a failure in parenting, and yeah. I'm sure he had mental health problems. Unless I'm mistaken, I have heard that you used to be able to buy a Tommy gun through the mail from Sears back in the That's day. Awesome. I don't know how many school shootings were committed with mail ordered Tommy guns from Sears. <laughs> Or maybe I'm incorrect in that understanding, but the point is guns capable of this sort of destruction have existed yeah. for decades, uh, in, in more than a century in some iterations of the technology. Well, yeah. And yet... Um, have you seen some of those World War One injuries? It's not um, like they were playing with bows and arrows back yeah, then, but yeah. that those will really fuck you up too. Something has changed culturally. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that the tools of doing this aren't dangerous. They are, they are, and they should be respected. And there's a lot of discipline that goes along with handling them. But, uh, those tools are, they're part of the world, you know, for all this hope we have about just deleting the technology. Good luck. Uh, why don't you delete the combustion engine after that and see how that goes. It's just, it's cats out of the bag, toothpaste out of the tube. You're not deleting it now. So we have to figure out how to manage this. Yeah. Um, Nicholas H. Blonde, your interview this week really killed it. We are really proud to have you in our corner. Please keep putting out this kind of quality content. Thank you mm. so much. Uh, I, I haven't out, listened yet. I'll have to give it a listen and I'll post the audio two as well. interviews recently. Um, I don't know what I'm doing on my YouTube channel. I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. We'll see. Maybe I'll go back to the old style content, but for right now, I'm just interviewing people that are more interesting and more motivated than I am. Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made cookies. I was laying there waiting for him to smash my like button, but he took so long that some dudes from Bortac handled the business instead. Finish me off quickly. Why do you guys make me do this? Why? You're acting queer. You are acting queer, Robin. <laughs> I bought PN. No note. Thank you, sir. Wicked Masshole says, in America being pro or... I am not going to be niggardly. Oh, being pro or anti-police reflects whether you subscribe to left-wing conspiracy theories about systemic racism. This is an obstacle to accountability. Also, uh, Cornyn is a rhino dope. Hmm. Um, whether you subscribe to left-wing conspiracy theories about systematic racism. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, that's a proxy issue. It's I, I don't yeah. know a lot of uh, conservatives who believe in systemic racism in law enforcement necessarily. Well, uh, there are some that are willing to stroke the left on that one. Uh, Fat Hooligan. Seattle protests the other day, abortions on demand without apology. I have no problem with that. They can start by aborting themselves. <laughs> okay. Also, great interview, Blanche. Everyone check out her channel. Thank you so much. Uh, we should circle back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me catch up with a few over on Tippy Stream. And thank you guys over on DLive as well. Let's see. Captain Norway says, I'm not kidding. The largest news outlets here in Norway are running editorials demanding that the U.S. take action on gun control. We can't even foot the bill for NATO and have abysmal response time on active shootings. But we're the experts. Well, uh, yeah, it wasn't um, was was Brevik in Norway or was that in Finland? Am I confusing? I the two? think it was in Norway, but I might be wrong, but I might be wrong. Yeah. 77 anyway, kids. We have to protect the Norwegians. It's imperative. Long Dong John what says, uh, an ode to St. Floyd taken from us too soon. He took so much fentanyl. He was higher than the moon. Oh, this is all uh, right. It's a, it's, it's a poem on video. The whole world was horrified to see this go down. And it was even worse when Minneapolis, uh, tankies torched their own town. This is, it's really hard to read, uh, 
on tippy stream in proper meter here. It was racism, they cried, and no one had any retort except for the woman whose baby he tried to abort. (laughs) He can't breathe, they chanted. Bullshit. His nose couldn't be bigger. Surely (laughs) Surely it was because he was being uh, being not that. Hold on. Uh, No, I don't. Well, I thought I had the hate in your heart. We'll go with this. He said the N word. Long Don John said, as I toast, I toast, I propose for all George has been through. No matter how bad we've been in life, at least we're not you. (laughs) Okay. You know, that can't be topped for the moment. So uh, you win the chat war for now, Long Don John. That was very thoughtful of you. And we, uh, of course, are happy to honor St. Floyd on the anniversary of his sobriety. Okay, let's uh, get back into the news. Oh, I almost forgot, though. It's like I forget about Jen now that she's out of office. We have to give her her proper. Um, role I'll have as to well. just circle back with you. And I was corrected by the same listener who uh, offered us the uh, the Jen Blackie nickname for her replacement, Corinne Jean-Pierre, because Corinne Jean-Pierre is so proud of her racial identity that she has to be called Jen Blackie. But the 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 emailer said, now don't be racist and make sure it's consistent with Jen Psaki. It should be Jen Pablacki. So Jen Pablacki. Jen Pablacki, yep. I think is fairer. All right. Um, there was also, <laughs> well, let me get back in the proper mode here for wh- wherever we left off on, which was, uh, well, the rationale for, um, for gun control. And uh, it's frustrating in not only in that a lot of these calls for gun control don't reflect the facts of the case that we're supposedly responding to. But we also just ignore a lot of the truth about self-defense stories that are successful. Mm-hmm. The progressive lesson here, as I mentioned, is cops failed. So no good guy with a gun could ever possibly succeed. Well, uh, and everyone, I guess, should should surrender their guns. But good guys, uh, good citizens with guns do succeed all the time. In fact, there was one just this week of a woman who stopped a guy Wielding an AR-15, I guess, committing a mass shooting. What happened here? Um, yeah. Hold on a second. Let me pull up the notes. They just, uh, they just closed out on me. Oh no. Oh no. Um, but this was in West Virginia. West Virginia. I love this article. Says that this guy um began firing an AR-15 style rifle. What does mm. that even mean when it comes from MSNBC? Well, it's just that the the it's a platform. So there are a lot of different very there are a lot of different ways an AR-15 rifle could be configured in addition to different calibers too. It's, it's a style of gun. That's not necessarily. Um, so it wasn't necessarily an AR-15. They just kind of jammed that in the article. Uh, no, it would be. I'm sure it was an AR-15. AR-15 style would be correct. It just, it refers to the platform of firearm. Uh, so this is accurate. It's not, necess- it's not like propaganda term. It would be, oh, okay, a, it, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. it would be correct. So this Dennis Butler fellow, he was 37. What happened was there was this party going on uh, at an apartment complex earlier in the evening and he sped by in his car and somebody came out and they warned him to slow down. They're like, there are kids here, yo. And then he returned later, parked in front of the apartment complex and started firing. And this was like a a birthday or graduation party. Hmm. Um, And then this broad who was at the party, she drew her pistol and fired uh, and she shot him like, right in the head <laughs> wow did they say the distance nailed him or was she close? no no okay. nobody at the party was injured she immediately killed him once he once he um started firing upon the party um okay. everybody was fine 
and uh, obviously no charges are going to be filed against her. Mm. But uh, the chief detective said, instead of running from the threat, she engaged with the threat and saved several lives that night. I'm surprised they're not charging her with murder. <laughs> I guess the counter is, if only the AR-15 was banned entirely, this never could have happened, as though this guy with this murderous intent could like, not have tried the same any. thing with a different style of firearm. So we certainly won't hear as much about that story. You won't hear as much about this story. This week, the FBI released a report on active shooters citing six in 2021 that were stopped by armed citizens. That accounts for about 10% of the 61 cases in the report. Of course, wow, really? there are more stopped by police officers, either arrests or killings. There are other forms of intervention, but 10% is still a significant statistic, even if you want to say that's small. Well, what are we talking about here? Active shooters, too. When we talk about defensive use of firearms as a deterrent for crime generally, those stats are massive. And of course, they aren't frequently studied, uh, right. but the CDC once did that. I know I've talked about this story before, but it is useful for people to understand whenever these debates come up. The CDC actually studied, quote unquote, gun violence in 2013, and they concluded that defensive use by victims, defensive gun use by victims is at least as common as offensive gun use by criminals with estimates ranging from about 500,000 to more than 3 million annually. This was with reference back to 20, uh, 2008 data. So wow. It be, well, I guess if you fend off a criminal and they're unable to commit a crime, how, how, what percentage of those people would just not even report report that? Of course. Yeah. A lot of the stats on defensive, uh, successful defense are merely brandishing a firearm in defense of your, your life or property. There's no shot ever fired. I don't know how they could they could get this data. Well, that's the the CDC in in the the study uh, acknowledges as much. They don't have exact figures because it's impossible to get exact figures on that. But it's safe to assume that for every crime you see of a of a criminal assaulting people with an assault rifle, there's a corresponding case. Yeah, of course. Somebody yeah. defending their themselves or their their family or their property with a firearm as well. So we're not going to get. You know, honest assessments of the legitimate value of the Second Amendment. It's, it's very frustrating, even if you want to say that it has consequences. Okay. I mean, I'm willing to talk about consequences with you if you're willing to acknowledge the value, not just philosophically, but in practical terms. I can show you cases of people who successfully defended themselves through their Second Amendment rights that ought to be respected. We, we're not going to get that. Um, and and that's that's very frustrating. We're just going to get people screeching in the hope of uh, that, that shouting it at people will get them to bend the knee. As I mentioned, with some Republican politicians, we're already seeing that. But it was a, a street effort outside the NRA convention in Houston, which, um, of course, has absolutely nothing to do with the shooting at all. Any more than the auto show has something to do with the Waukesha massacre. And I don't even like the NRA for exactly the opposite reason that these people don't like the NRA, they say that the NRA has enabled all of this stuff. No, uh, they've bitched out so hardcore in the bump stock thing, several yes. things in the last few years. Yeah, they caved on the bump stock ban. Uh, they have had a hand in writing all of the country's major federal gun control legislation, and they've been corrupt in recent years. Uh, they spend donor yeah. money on themselves and, and not in the effort to fight for your two way rights. So I don't like the NRA, but I'll defend them on principle from these freaks. Because the NRA, of course, has absolutely nothing to do with the shooting. Hundreds gathered outside the convention to protest uh, the event, shouting nonsense and calling the convention attendees uh, murderers, child killers, and more. Piece of shit! Piece of shit! This guy, this guy. You are not 
literally shaking. It's enough! It's enough! You're weak! You're weak! You'll always be weak! You need a gun because you're 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 weak! Oh man, that guy needs a gun. Well, it's all the usual suspects. <laughs> it is shocking how stereotypical the presentation becomes, you know? How many of these people have had abortions, too? Uh, I have no idea, but that's definitely the heaviest lift that guy has ever done. 100%. I know. You're weak? Like, yo, I can see your upper bone and in, in your arm. Even like. David Hogg is like, dude, you know, <laughs> <Go> eat <laughs> yeah. a little protein or something. I don't know. Uh, but but to the point, like from a progressive political perspective, shouldn't the weak? I'll grant your point. Oh, we're all weak. We're all so pathetic. Shouldn't the weak be able to defend themselves? I thought the whole point of progressivism, the idea of it was power to the weak, power to those who lack power. If I'm weak and I will always be weak and there's nothing I can do about it as he's shouting at me. Well, why do you why want me defenseless? You? Right. I just remain weak and abused, I guess, which is contrary to progressive principles in every other context. Um, right. And compared to anybody that's armed with anything, everyone is weak. Yeah, it's, it's the equalizer. You know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter who you are, what your personal physical attributes are. A firearm is an equalizer among everybody, and it empowers those who are being abused by a physically stronger person. Indeed. Uh, he does have a point, though, that there were some very weak moves at this event. <laughs> Several high profile names pulled out of the event after the shooting, including Daniel Defense, the rifle maker, saying, quote, now is not the time. Now is not the appropriate time to be promoting our products in Texas at the NRA meeting. OK, mm. Governor Greg Abbott canceled his in-person appearance. Several musicians canceled their performances. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick uh, pulled out of the, the uh, his speaking uh, event. At the convention saying, I would not want my appearance today to bring any additional pain or grief to the families of all those suffering in Uvalde. I hate this because it grants <laughs> the premise that they are arguing that this has something to do with Uvalde. It does not. Again, I wouldn't want to speak at the NRA convention anyway because <laughs> I don't like the organization. I know. But if those are your plans for right. your own reasons, you stick with your convictions. If you cave... You are granting the activist point that somehow this organization or this event or you are responsible. Yeah. Did something to people in Uvalde. You did not. This is to me just like when several senators plan to vote against. They plan to vote against uh, certifying the Electoral College on January 6th because they thought the election results were sketchy. And then the riot happened and then they changed their mind and voted to certify under the same reasoning. Well, now would not be the time to uh, to make such a, a statement or to take such a stance. But the facts didn't change. Sorry, I just spit all over my camera. I, I didn't even see. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. The facts didn't change. Only the political pressure did. And if your convictions uh, cave, if they fall under political pressure, well, they, they aren't convictions at all. Then are they? Nope. You know who's got convictions? Maybe I'll Who? give him a compliment to start out the segment. That Ethan Klein fellow. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't um, discuss this to clutch pearls. Uh, and I don't mean to accuse without offering you your fair say either. But God knows a long list of horribles uh, has been said on this show, including, I would say, um, periodic flirtations with 
calls to violence that happen. This is different. I'll tell you why in a moment. Okay. You want to you want to wait to explain or address? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll talk well, about I share this story to observe the hypocrisy, both uh, by the supposedly morally superior anti anti violence progressives, and by YouTube. Although I guess YouTube has enforced their own rules now. But on his show on Friday, Ethan Klein, YouTuber with a massive audience and a progressive political perspective, discussed the NRA convention and said straight up, "Someone should bomb that building." So there was a big protest outside the NRA meeting, which was good. Do we have any insight into what they're actually talking about there at the NRA meeting that's today in Texas? Someone should bomb that building. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to address the differences now or wait? Well, I, you know, I'm right about the people that I want to kill. <laughs> okay. Uh, Fair. <laughs> okay, what what he's saying? I, I first of all, I do think it was in jest. Ah, that's his defense, as it was a joke. Part of his defense. Um, I always talk about holding people accountable for things that they've actually done. Hmm. Nobody's ever going to convince me the NRA is responsible for any of these things. Why? Why? I, I talk I, about like Nancy Pelosi. She's she's done shit. Her specifically. Ah. She's done specific stuff. It's the association of the NRA that's wrong, not the bombing. Not, if if the NRA killed the kids, then bomb the NRA. But yeah, that, I gotta be careful here. We're gonna get ourselves into the same trap no, but as like, Klein. If the NRA funded this guy and they they sent him out there, or if Ethan Klein was like this clearly, this guy clearly was a glowy. He clearly had some kind of federal funding. We should bomb whoever funded him. All right. On board. Actually, hypothetically, Susan, I'm not even (laughs) this is actually hypothetical discussion. Okay. Uh, Yeah. 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 Um, Well, Klein also encouraged people to go get in people's faces. You know, okay. Uh, He also said this is how he also violated YouTube's rules. He uh, he was critical of Governor Abbott's disability, which you can't do. And there was a hate hate speech component. Klein said of Greg Abbott, I hope someone puts a stick in his fucking wheelchair and he tumbles out of his seat. Send Abbott down a hill with nobody to hold the back of his wheelchair. Now, again, full disclosure, I have made Governor Hot Wheels jokes uh, once or twice on this show in the past. Last, I recall when Abbott made a whole video condemning Gab for the their hate speech. Um Anyway, but but this generated a lot of Twitter controversy in the days since, because, of course, YouTube says you can't question election results. YouTube says you can't question vaccine efficacy. YouTube says you can't talk about certain ideas they don't like. But at least for a little while, it was apparently okay to straight up call for a terrorist attack against certain targets, at least until Mm -hmm. this morning. uh, Ethan Klein has tweeted uh, announcing that conservatives got triggered and reported him. So YouTube banned him for a week and removed the episode. If only uh, they cared about dead kids as much as they do jokes, he says. Well, it is it is possible to care about both mass killings and uh, incitement to violence. You could you know, condemn oh, both of those things. He's so lame. That's my problem with him. He's mm. lame. It's not it's, the um, death threats. <laughs> you need cool death threats, Ethan. Yeah. Step it up. Uh, and it's possible that wanting to defend your family is caring. This is where it gets super hypocritical. Ethan Klein himself knows this. Uh, Here he is recently describing how he has his own semi-auto shotgun at the ready for possible attackers. 
So I'm not against violence when it's necessary. But punching a guy for saying a stupid joke is not necessary. And if you want to test me, come to my fucking house and I've got a seven I've got seven bullets. It's a semi-automatic shotgun and I can unleash seven fucking bullets on you without even have to cock that bitch. What? I don't know anything about guns, but that doesn't sound right. I uh I assume he means slugs when he talks about the uh his shotgun firing seven bullets semi-automatically. Uh Anyway, yeah, in general, that would not be the appropriate term for the projectile coming out. That was the only problem with what he said. (laughs) Well, uh, the other problem is that it's it's funny how capacity and rate of fire are relevant considerations when it's him (laughs) and his family family who are on the line. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to preserve such rights for yourself, it's because you love to dance on dead kids. And of course, all of this pushback is is reasonable, I would say. But um but Ethan says that it's not reasonable. It's just a bunch of what else? Anti-Semitism. He says he's never received so many death threats and anti anti-Semitic shit in his life. A lot of conservatives really hate Jews. Uh interesting how the death threats are wrong again now. So Ethan Klein calls for bombing innocent people. Uh that's a joke. If I tweet uh, you know, something that is perceived as a threat to Ethan Klein, well that is uh that's a death threat that is beyond the pale. We should move on. <laughs> well, that's good because we're, we're running out of time and I still have plenty of things to talk about. I, I wish, well, I'd like to devote more time to this because this is such a, in my opinion, such a significant sub story of the Buffalo shooting. Of course, all mm-hmm. of this follows that you always make jokes and raise eyebrows about potential federal involvement. And Real then fed. this story comes out a couple weeks after the shooting. Uh, yes, there is a former federal agent who may have uh, had advanced knowledge of the shooting in Buffalo. Yes, but I, I don't know. I, the, this did seem fed? a little fatty to me. Huh. But I don't know about this. Okay. This specific thing. First of all, why are we getting this information? Let me go through the the facts of this first. So these two law enforcement officers um, that have direct information about this Fed guy, they're investigating whether this retired federal agent had about 30 minutes advance notice of um, the murder on May 14th at um, Topps Market. And I think his name's Peyton Gendron, right? He killed 10 people. Yeah. So what happened was he had this Discord server and he it looks like he was uh, regularly communicating with these people. And about 30 minutes ahead of the shooting, he sent, uh, I believe, a link to the live stream of the shooting and his manifesto. So some people accepted his invitation into the Discord chat room and they were able to review his plan and watch his live stream. They're particularly worried about these six people, but 15 people accepted it but you can't tell if they just accepted it and they didn't read the manifesto i, I mean I, i'm not totally convinced that this really tells it, you there's a lot of variables there so you're telling me there's not evidence of like prior of communication specific to the plot before just that he sent it to these people okay. or that they were in a um that they were in a, a discord chat together um and then they, they're they not – so they don't know if the retired agent accepted the invitation. They don't – they haven't released his name or the agency for which he worked. Um, and all they really know is that he was one of six individuals who regularly communicated in, in this Discord chat. Okay. So I'm not seeing any evidence that anybody actually had foreknowledge of it. It's possible 
that they did. But how often do you check your Discord? Like I've accepted invitations to things and then just never. Yeah, I suppose it's it's probably a leap to say that this guy clearly had advanced knowledge of the specific plot. However, broad question here. Retired federal agent implies to me of older age, though we don't know. What the hell is he doing in Discord? Why is he talking to like 18 year olds about (laughs) racial hatred and uh, general violent tendencies and all these things that are known to have been discussed in this Discord server, which I guess, to be fair, is true of a lot of Discord servers. But right. If somebody said, why is he chatting with these kids? Yes. I mean, because he's because he's a glowy. And the real question is, why are we getting this information from mainstream news sources? They want us to know this. Why? The oh, New York Times know. reported on May 17th that he had invited these um, these group of people into Discord. New York Times. But did they and then ma- Washington Post also reported that, that the 15 accepted that invitation. But they didn't report there was a federal agent. That's the new. That is that is the new thing. But we don't know yeah. anything about the federal agent. Yeah. Well, he was there. He was in the Discord server. That much we know. Well, we also know that they were communicating, supposedly. Yeah. Okay. And then we don't really have any have much information about the two law enforcement officers that have direct information about this federal agent. I just whenever I read that, I'm like, this is probably bullshit. Dots unconnected, but the feds were hanging out. Fair to say. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's in in any other week, I would have talked a lot more about uh, what's going on in Davos too. the tinfoil thinking that we continue to entertain would tell us that. uh, all this shooting stuff is a, a distraction, a distraction from Joe Biden's continuing destruction of the country, a distraction from you know, the world's foremost globo homos gathering in Davos to plot the new world order at the World Economic Forum. And I'd like to think that nobody would resort to such things as distractions, but they'll remind you themselves momentarily. They don't have a lot of respect for your basic rights, so I no, wouldn't put it don't. past certain people either early in the week outside of the event jack posobic was detained that was the report by world economic forum police they have their own police force as you can see on the patch the officers were not willing to explain why when questioned on video at the scene politifact fact checked it and said posobic was not in fact detained he was only surrounded and questioned Politif- politifact says the world economic forum uh, police were doing a normal patrol and had reason for interacting with posobic but would not provide that reason. In any case, Jack was free to go shortly after the encounter. Uh, What went on inside was much more troublesome. Uh, Of course, uh, you had the gang led by World Economic Forum uh, founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab talking about how he and his powerful friends will share the uh, will shape the future rather. And shaping that future future might mean what else? Rethinking your rights. (laughs) Australian e-safety commissioner Julie Inman Grant says we must uh, we may need to recalibrate freedom of speech. Here are a couple of those clips. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world, but two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities. And second, that we collaborate. And this is the reason why you find many opportunities here during the meeting to make progress 
related to specific issues on the global agenda. We have increasing polarization everywhere, and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence. Hmm. I love how they'll talk about collaboration efforts with regards to um, uh, to international communities. But if you try to do it in a local community, you're just forming a militia and you're just going to be <laughs> killed by the federal government. Yeah, collaboration, by which we mean one standard imposed on everybody everywhere. These people, the, the, yeah. what's most irritating about this, the most upsetting thing about this is they actually think that they know best, not just for their home or even for their country but for the world oh yeah <laughs> and and this is the pro this is exactly the issue and it's what happens when you think that rights are merely human creations it's something mm -hmm. we just we all got together and and we decided we invented we uh we agreed upon it rather than something that is natural and that is inherent to your humanity because yeah. if rights are simply just a human invention uh, well, we humans can get together and just redefine them. And there's nothing really wrong with that. If your rights are simply what those in power say they are and nothing more, nothing pre-exists that determination, pre-exists their power. Well, there's no problem with the powerful just taking those things away. And those powerful people like this will feel perfectly justified in doing it because it's just a thing that we all decided. So who cares? It's their power that makes rights. Uh, not the natural order of the world. This is where the concept of, of natural rights is so important. Um, but as enraging as that is, uh, there is still a more enraging piece, and that's Bill Gates <laughs> responding to a question about vaccine passports. And he says, well, that would be pointless because, you know, there are breakthrough infections. Does anybody on the panel have a thought about whether or not vaccine passports are valuable in in the context of pandemic preparedness and prevention yeah it'd be more valuable if you had an infection blocking vaccine i mean the <laughs> idea of checking if people are vaccinated mm. you know if you have breakthrough infections mm. what's the point <laughs> okay what is the point <laughs> thank you bill uh that was a bannable statement on uh youtube mere months ago that was a uh, reason to lose your job mere months mm -hmm. ago that was reason to get kicked out of your school mere months ago yes, it was. Uh, after a year of ruining lives to make sure that people were verified vaxxed, one of the vax kings is now saying it's pointless to even check. But yeah, I'm sure it was uh, very well-intentioned the whole time. They'd, uh, they just now realized this. And speaking of hysteria now expired, Michael Malice reminded us Friday, important point. Uh, he tweeted, we've all forgotten that a judge struck down the plain mask mandate and the blue pill lost their shit and Biden said he'd fight it and then nothing happened. So the corporate press just stopped talking about this extremely risky, life-threatening decision by an unelected judge. Yep. Yeah, we all did just kind of forget. And where is the graveyard that was promised? Where's the stack of bodies that we were surely going to see? Exactly. Yeah. It's as if the hysteria imposed upon us serves to subjugate, not to protect. And... um. And it's our a president, all of us, though, that's the way that we should behave on the right. Yeah. Our president is uh, certainly on team suffering disguised as protection or prosperity, uh, as though you need more demonstration. Uh, but on Monday, Biden said that the gas prices that just keep hitting new all time highs every day for something like two weeks now. Well, that's all part of an incredible transition away from fossil fuels. And when it comes to the gas prices, 
we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that God willing when it's over will be stronger and the world will be stronger and less relying on fossil fuels when this is over. This is going to be a haul. This is going to take some time. So I'm sick of these things that are so detrimental to us economically being spun as positives yeah. for our families, for the country, for the world. It's it, they're just gaslighting us. Yeah, the suffering is the point. Uh, and when you start assuming that what he's trying to do is destroy the country, his words and actions do start to make a lot more sense. Anyway, uh, few we got three cases of hoax hate before we get to the movie review. So I will have to keep these running quickly, but it is that time of night. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Well, in the first one, the swastika is not, in fact, backward. It is correctly oriented, if not, well, it is at the wrong angle. But, you know, they got the S shape right. It is fraudulent nonetheless. In Brooklyn, New York City, of course, uh, a vandal spray painted a pair of swastikas over bus stop ads that denounced anti-Semitism. The ad reads, <laughs> we're just 75 years since the gas chambers. So, no, a billboard calling out Jew hate isn't an overreaction. Hashtag and Jew hate Jew belong dot com. <laughs> Come on. Video captured the suspect committing the spray painting before sitting inside the bus stop to wait for a bus. <laughs> just not even trying to hide it i guess stacy stewart who uh is the co-founder of jew belong said quote the fact that our sign was spray painted with a swastika let alone in broad daylight isn't surprising and i suppose i agree that it's not surprising considering how commonly this sort of thing is faked just like it was in this case investigation identified 45 year old jewish woman farnoosh hakakian <laughs> As the suspect, she has been arrested, uh, according to Andy No on on Twitter. I suppose it could be self-hate, self-loathing, real hate crime. I don't know. Her motives are not explained. Jubelong? Jubelong.com. Just amping up their own advertising. Well, here's a case of something that's a little bit new. We've seen so many episodes of, of noose hysteria. Of course, you can't yeah. have a knot of any sort of a loop shape tied into a rope without it being presumed hateful these days. Well, even if you need specifically that for something you're doing. Correct. Even if it has a perfectly reasonable, practical, practical <laughs> purpose. In the case, uh, in this case, there actually was a noose or at least a replica one. But this is in Elmendorf, Texas, outside of San Antonio, a ranch was for sale for $3.9 million. It's a five acre ranch property and a user browsing listings noticed that one of the photos for the property showed a replica 1800s jailhouse on this property with a noose hanging from the tree outside of the jailhouse. So the user filed a complaint and Zillow removed the listing from its website. Redfin also removed the listing later. Now, come on. I had to see what this was all about. I found a listing for the property on another website and it shows some of the property features like here's an old style saloon that's on the property made to look like an 1800s kind of setup and it looks really cool did a little more searching and there's an instagram video of this young woman called zillow tastrophes i assume she does something with property 
uh, a property on Zillow or whatever. She's going through the property here and she's captured an image of what this actually was and said this is probably ill-advised by the uh, real estate agent. But there you can see it's an old style jail, <laughs> like it's some 1800 setup. And then the tree outside the jail has a noose. And speaking of practical purposes, I don't know if this is functional, but if if the theme is 1800s justice, hanging was a commonly applied form of 1800s justice, regardless of race. But we can't have that. So I don't know. The re- I, I would say that like seems like a cool property with this throwback theme, but I looked at it and it's all like the rest is all like. 70s throwback it's not Ooh, like complete not i thought this could be you know my own little uh dutton ranch or something like that but instead it's a bunch of 70s country music dolly parton type stuff you know <laughs> oh, maybe that's cool but be consistent with your with your decor yeah you gotta you gotta go the whole <clears throat> way through but uh, all right i, I i've <laughs> if you have like certain i don't know if you have certain home decor that's disallowed on uh, Zillow or other real estate listings now. Okay. Well, here's another one that's uh, in ways a repeat of, of past attempts in ways, at least a little bit original in Lawrence, Kansas, two black roommates say they found a note at their apartment buildings, community center saying that quote, if you aren't white, don't come in. <laughs> you got that under control? No. What the hell's going me. on with I- that? I'm so blurry. It just happened. All we should set that up. So it's not on autofocus. It should just stay put, but it'll get better or not. I don't know. Maybe if you disable and re-enable your camera, maybe try that. Uh, in, uh, okay. So Lawrence Kansas, two black roommates say they found a note at their, there you go at their apartment buildings, community center that said, if you aren't white, don't come in. Our property manager does not deal with your kind. Emily Martin simply wanting to study in her apartment's study room when she found this letter on the door. If you aren't white, don't come in. Our property manager, manager doesn't deal with your kind. Immediately sending a picture to her roommate. It is kind of scary because like that's this is where we live. So it's scary to think that we can't even like go to like use our amenities that we pay for. It's just like scary to think that people still kind of think that way. Like it's 2022 and people are still like ignorant, you know? While we were at the complex, we saw this sign posted at the front entrance. Tonight, the apartment complex is responding, saying it wasn't one of their employees. I didn't think it was posted by the property manager, but it was kind of like I could be living next to someone who posted that. People of color, like, we can, like, feel somewhat safe in a place, but there's we're never, like, completely, like, feeling at home or safe because stuff like this could happen. It's, like, so, like, racist, you know? Oh my God. Do you know what's annoying about this? Hmm. Um, I, I presume that the surrounding people are white. Tell me about your level of personal safety if you're living amongst a bunch of black people in the ghetto. And then get back to me. Well, there were about choices. how you feel unsafe now. There were choices to live in this particular area. That's what makes it baffling. Why they would why do you if it's so racist and so scary, why do you continue to yeah. remain? Um But uh but yeah, I mean we're supposed to believe that this this apartment complex rents to black people but then doesn't deal with them after the fact so sure why would she even bother renting to them we'll sign the contract but if you have any complaints get the hell out because we don't deal with your kind except for housing them for pay yeah (laughs) okay but then they then they back off and say well we don't know we actually don't think it was the uh the apartment manager we think it was some trolling neighbor 
Well, then why were you implicating management? It says right here in the story, we can't even go use the amenities that we pay for. Yes, you can. The implication there is that the manager is stopping you from doing that. Of course you can. As far as the other sign that was placed near the property entrance, it reads, warning, racist property manager, don't sign, as in don't sign a lease agreement here. Presuming that they wrote that. Are we just going to ignore the fact none of these stories uh, mention? It's obvious that both of these signs were written by the same person. The handwriting is identical. It's exactly the same. Yeah. They didn't even try to hide it. These are low effort hoax hate. So clearly someone was trying to frame property management for something that is, at least this is my read on it. Somebody has had conflict with property management (laughs) is trying to frame them as racist for certain benefits that may be obtained. No. Highly likely it is these two women themselves. Yeah. uh, I'm sure the real perp will be caught. I actually totally forgot I I wish we had more time for this story too, but we must discuss it. This is have to talk about it. This is of hoax hate theme, but of course none of it is a hoax. The the hoax hate theme, we always hear about this epidemic of trans murders, hate crimes uh, against trans people, all these killings against trans women disproportionately murdered out of hate. They say, well, number one, they're not disproportionately killed. It's a few dozen cases a year. The murder rate amongst uh, among trans people is much lower than the population overall. Number two, a huge amount of the trans murders that they cite are in Puerto Rico, numbers that are then assigned to the U.S. as though that's at all representative and relevant to this case. And it, extremely commonly in these cases that are cited by the Human Rights Campaign and others, these quote unquote hate murders are often uh, sex encounters gone wrong. You say you are a chick. You uh, show up and perform a few services and then your genitals are later revealed and there's a certain response by the recipient of those services. That is. And that is exactly what happened with Mr. Atute yeah. here. Um, uh, Atute. Atute is, I think. Are you it, serious? Whatever. Yeah, Atute is his name. So what happened was uh, that he was a college football player in Virginia and they were a Tinder match and this. Were you, were you just telling me I had an audio problem? No, I'm scratching my own. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, my video, not my audio. No. Um, so so they were matched on Tinder, and it looks like the the dude was um, posing as a chick. No, oh, he 100% was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they met up so that the tranny could blow him. Seriously, this was specified. And then he did. And then later he started thinking, I think that that chick that blew me was a tranny so he went back over to his apartment and then like felt for his dmbs and he's like oh there are dmbs yeah and then an altercation ensued and by altercation i mean the guy uh beat the tranny to death remarkably in trial he said that the tranny was going to pull out a gun or he thought the tranny was pulling out a gun um, second degree murder charges dropped. The guy's going to walk on this. No. I don't know how. There's no self defense claim that I that I can think of. I think the jury was just sitting there and was like, "No traps. I'm sick of this tranny thing." It has to be. Now I understand. I understand anger at such a revelation. Um, however, as a matter of law, here to go to another person's house, start first, uh, grab that person to feel for genitals start beating that person and then the defense claim apparently and granted i have not followed this trial open to close so maybe there's something i'm missing but at least as covered here 
defense claim is, well, I had to beat his ass. He was reaching for a gun. You went to his house and started kicking his ass. He's justified in reaching for a gun if he had one. So how this is possibly a uh, how this is a legal self-defense case, I am baffled. Why it happened, I fully understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right that this must be the juror, the jury. I would love to hear the deliberations. Make a movie like 12 Angry Men. It's like, yeah, the law is the law. But like, come on, guys. What are are we going to act like uh, we all don't understand exactly what happened here? It doesn't make any sense other than they they had to have ignored certain elements of the law. Yeah. Unless I'm missing something drastic. I need a lawyer's explanation of this. Um, I'm also looking at this dude not passing. Oh, I didn't see pictures of the actual trans person. Well, I'm just looking at him uh, as a man. So I'm not really sure how this happened. Wait, are you looking at the player or the trans? Where are you seeing this photo? Um, Smith identified as a woman named Angie. Right. But where are you seeing the photo? Well, I'm seeing a photo of uh, of them in, in the trial where they show the victims. Oh, Is it possible think... that he didn't blow him? No, performed oral sex. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Him. yeah. That's established fact. How is this even possible? I don't know. I need a lawyer to explain this one to me. But uh, there's of course, just, there's there's no passing on this guy. He's also twice as old. The hate. Yeah, that's the other weird thing. But the hateful trans genocide continues. No, see, right or wrong. There's no hate that is causing these trans murder cases. In a huge amount of them, it is exactly this. It is fraudulent blowies. So stop giving fraudulent blowies and watch the trans murder rate drop. It's as simple as that. We have the solution right in front of us. I don't think that that's what's going on here because this guy just does not look like a chick at all. You think it was denied after the fact. The guy was not deceived, but felt he had to defend his honor later. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he's just a homo. In in his defense, though, Smith allegedly insisted, this is the the trans person, allegedly insisted that the two meet in the dark for their tryst. Is that the pronunciation? Their romantic encounter. It too told police Smith was hiding his face during the oral intercourse and paid him $50 at the end. Wait, the trans person paid? Wait, the trans person paid him? (laughs) Clearly, we knew everything about this story before. Oh, my God. This story is uh, unbelievable. But I I need to perhaps I'll have a discussion with a lawyer about this one later because it just fascinates me. But we are up against the clock. But a month later, Smith reached out to him and again, invited him over, telling him to bring friends. Yeah. But when he went back to Smith's downtown Blacksburg apartment to find out whether Smith was male or female, he used his phone's flashlight in the darkened apartment to look at Smith's face. He could tell he was clearly a man who became enraged and he beat him to death. Oh, so they're saying that he examined his face in addition to touching his uh, genitals. Have you ever let somebody blow you and not looked at their face? N- uh, no, no, I have not. Yeah, I asked that question because I'm 100% sure you was. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for putting me on the spot there. It's a vote of confidence. I wouldn't, wouldn't wow. want to have to lie to my family, you know? What a bizarre story. Maybe yeah. this was a, a prostitution thing. Okay, move on. Sorry. It's Sorry. reverse prostitution. I'll pay you to blow you. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Anyway, perhaps we'll revisit that one. It seems like a classic, but uh, we, we need to learn more. It's time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. 
This week's movie review is the 1993 prehistoric revival thriller Jurassic Park, in which two paleontologists visit to verify the safety of a developing de-extinct dinosaur park does everything but as a disgruntled employee disables park security and everyone fights for survival. Of course, this is the first time in the history of the movie review segment that I made the movie nominations and Jurassic Park won the vote. So from movie picker me, I hadn't seen the original in 15 plus years, but Jurassic Park inspired a love of dinosaurs in my young mind because of this movie. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I grew up. Until my dad took me to a dig in South Dakota and it was so boring, I changed my mind and became a podcaster instead. <laughs> and I can already tell by the look on your face, I have not heard anything about your opinion of this movie, but are you going to break my 10-year-old heart? Proceed. Yeah, yeah. First, I know this movie is universally beloved, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry mm. for the audience. I'm sorry for you, but this movie sucked my balls. Um, I should have liked it. You've seen it before, right? It. Or is this? No, the... okay. I, have, wow. I have not That's seen right. it That's right. You mentioned um, that. First time. Um, the okay. CGI, great for its time. Great. I liked the family things and the themes and then the, them coming to the realization they actually wanted children. They had like a perfect age gap. Those two. Perfect age gap. We'll when she was that. 23 and he was like 50 <laughs> on the money. Yeah. Um, yeah, coming to the realization they wanted children, they were good with children, everything like that. I like that. I like these themes of tampering with nature. Um, but I just hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. Maybe it was having to see Laura Dern's face up close. All right, so I accept much. that. Fair criticism. And Jeff Goldblum's face. Oh, <laughs> and maybe it was this forced child acting. I was just bored. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You know what really got me though? Hmm. I, I'm supposed to believe that Jeff. Is it Jeff Goldberg or Goldblum? Goldblum. Gold, Goldblum. I'm supposed to believe that he is the the purveyor of um of like all instincts of the natural world and and universal order, and he's so philosophical. And I'm also supposed to believe that Laura Dern wants to bang Jeff Gold Goldberg. <laughs> but what, I, were just, his points wrong? Were his uh, no? The, he was right. Yeah. I just like. I just hate his face and I wish they would have cast somebody else, but Steven Spielberg can't help himself. Maybe it's just that oh, I didn't I, see it as a child. Is that I, it? I think that was about as perfect of a casting decision as possible. I think that was actually really well performed personally. Ooh. I think, I think, it, and, and we actually watched uh, the lost world after the sequel because I hadn't seen that in forever too. And it's funny how that character and that performance doesn't necessarily carry over. Of course, Jurassic parks returns diminish drastically over time, but I wanted to relive that. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Did you have additional thoughts? No, I mean, I, um, it's maybe I just didn't see it as a child and that, and that's, hmm. I have no nostalgia to back up, uh, any loving of this film. This is my blade runner. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. One out of five. Well, one out of five. Who hated it. I just, I just, hated okay. this movie. I hated it so much. I don't well, know to tell you. maybe we could agree on hate for the sequels. Maybe someday we can unite on that. Um, but of course, just because I liked a movie in the past doesn't mean that I love a movie today. So I go into it with the same open and critical mind that I'd watch any other movie. And I, like I said, I hadn't seen this in 15 plus years. Did you still love it? Oh, I, I did. I still loved it. And, and almost every scene is a legendary scene. There are very few scenes here that are wastes of time or that don't have value. Every single one has become 
a massive cultural reference, a meme, something that other movies have tried to imitate, you could list them all. The clever girl yeah. trap, the raptor stalking in the kitchen, the T-Rex attack, even the 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 arrival uh, when they first see the brachiosaurus and just the, the sight of the dinosaurs originally is such a cool moment uh, for, for dinosaurs to be brought to life in a way they hadn't previously. So you mentioned the CGI. That's the cool thing about this, though, is it was actually mostly puppetry. It really? was by Stan. The T-Rex is almost exclusively puppet work. Even the raptors. It was a six foot raptor puppet and humans in a raptor costume. Now, there is a lot of CGI for the giant dinosaurs. It really held up, though. The effects are incredible. And I've ripped Stan Winston's work in Terminator. I've praised it in um, in Predator and others. This to me is Stan Winston's best ever work. And you can't change my mind. I think this is about the pinnacle of what might be sort of a, a passing uh, art of practical effects. Um, I actually thought that it was all but perfectly cast. And you know that, I, I mean, I talked about Goldblum. I think he did a great job. I thought Sam Neill as Alan Grant was perfect, but the mm-hmm. underrated one is uh, Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry, the obese computer uh, yeah. systems manager for the park. And he's just so perfectly cast for that role. You know, it's something that I didn't see as a kid. Cause all I cared about as the kid was, uh, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are very cool, but but this character, Dennis, is so crucial. He, he's responsible for the entire event, and he reveals a, a very important truth. You know, it's no matter how smart you are, no matter how smart you think you are, you disrespect the importance of physical strength in the natural world, you're going to find out. And he, yep. and he finds out. The soundtrack, I mean, I, I joke at myself in the review, and it's, it, it sounds, you know, totally lame, but I've heard that song a million times I listened to a live performance of it. John Williams, who did star Wars and jaws and a bunch of famous movie soundtracks. I listened to, I listened to it. It still gives me chills. I think it is is, a good soundtrack. Yeah. I think it's a a possibly the best movie theme ever written. And of course, as an adult, I also appreciate a lot of the themes that are expressed here about man's futile efforts to control nature. Right. And a lot of the question, even even if you don't like Jeff Goldblum and even if you don't like Laura Dern, I guess. But uh, Laura Dern's character, Ellie, even has that conversation with Hammond. You thought you had control. Control over nature was the illusion the entire time. And I could talk for another 10 minutes about how that applies to so many current news stories. We, we think we can control nature. We think that there's anything but destruction in trying to do that. Incredible commentary there. Now, I did notice a lot more... Um, plot holes or conceptual flaws as an adult. And I don't think that this ruins the movie for me, but just some things that were silly, the ultra safe Explorer and the T-Rex attack scene, like it, it has T-Rex jaw proof glass on the ceiling, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. th- then the car, the, the, the Explorer tumbles off the edge into the tree. So Timmy's in the car, not seat belted, gets in a head on collision with a tree. He's fine. It, it gets even more absurd when they climb out and instead of just, I don't know, taking a step laterally to move out of the fall zone. Of they the, go underneath it. Who they? would do that? Quick, we yeah. have to race the car to the bottom. And then if the car did fall, it would bounce around unpredictably off branches. It would not yeah, effectively yeah, yeah. drive down the trunk of the tree. And then oh, they, that didn't bother me. Willful suspension of disbelief. I, was so, okay. I thought it was so silly because it was such a reach for action tension in a movie that doesn't need it. You have so much yeah. quality action tension that that just... The car thing ended up being so silly. Um, also, 
Another point of silliness, why would they house critical power infrastructure in this bizarre jungle shed? Like yeah. across the compound? Yeah, it's like, I get that maybe you don't think dinosaurs can access, uh, access it, but is weather not a consideration? Wild animals yeah, it, it not a consideration? clearly be right there. Other people accessing it? Like, that, that it just is silly to design it the way that they did. Uh, Timmy's fall from the electrified fence? No sense. Like, Grant is right under him. Timmy, you gotta jump, hurry. One, two, three, he gets zapped. He flies like 25 feet horizontally. And then Grant is still there to catch him, even though Grant was just right under him. How the hell did the T-Rex just sneak into a building at the end? The raptors finally corner them. It looks like they're finally done. T-Rex busts in to save the day. How did nobody notice that a T-Rex got inside the building? Yeah. Didn't seem to do any damage. It just snuck right in. And lastly, did Hammond just bail on his entire staff? Throughout the movie, we see uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of biolab staff, security staff, hospitality staff. He just bails. And the whole point of the movie is I really got to get this lawsuit thread under control. He just created how many wrongful death lawsuits by leaving all his people on the island to die with dinosaurs that are not under control. So, you know, it's not uh, perfect. other thing, I, I'm out of time, so I'm not even going to discuss the Laura Dern, Sam Neill thing that's relevant. She's, she says their age gap was inappropriate. I have some commentary there if you want to read about it. And I also, you know, the, that's so the, stupid. the eye candy Jeff Goldblum, for as much as I actually like his performance when he's injured in there with his shirt unbuttoned in this bizarre way. I know. That, it's like, no one wants to bang you, dude. And and I, he's supposed to be some kind of heartthrob. Ew. Ellie wasn't even there in that scene. Laura Dern's character yeah. wasn't even there so it was that was bizarre. But overall, it retains uh, a, a, a point of honor and appreciation in my heart. It's a five out of five uh, wiki movie. So it does earn the perfect rating. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Wiki, 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 wiki. We love you. You're very special. I think it just, um, you know, maybe there is nostalgia factor, but I think it brought something in everyone's imagination to life in a way that may not be replicated again, just because with computer graphics, almost all of those things can be brought to life these days. And and this movie did it in such an incredible way that we might just not see repeated. Just Steven Spielberg, man. So in your face. I love There's no it. subtlety to him. I loved it, but he really dropped the ball with The Lost World and then it got even worse from there. What else has he made? Schindler's List. He's made uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, you don't like Saving Private Ryan? Oh, that movie also sucked my balls. Maybe I just hate Steven Spielberg. Huh. I, I I would be shocked to learn. I I couldn't believe that would be the case. Steven Spielberg. Uh, early audience vote heavily in the five wiki camp. Strong majority giving it a five wiki rating. Really? I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. Wow, I don't like any of these movies. Oh, Indiana Jones. There we go. Next week, uh, we uh, we have movie nominations from listener Kyle for the month of June. So next week's pick from the audience is RoboCop, which I have never seen. Oh, sweet. I have, I just watched it, coincidentally. Hmm. June's, so only Indiana Jones, it looks like. June's remaining nomination, uh, nominations from listener Kyle are uh, A Few Good Men, The Jerk, Psycho, 8mm, Frailty, Boogie Nights, Any Given Sunday, or of course, you can uh, reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. 
As a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. Uh, that is mattchristensenmedia.com, of course. And miraculously, we are not too far behind schedule, even though I tried to fit. I feel in. like we should have talked more about everything we talked about. Pretty much. But especially the trans murder story. That one. Oh, my gosh. I really I know. dropped the ball on. But now that I'm seeing this guy's face, you know. I kind of want him to go to jail. Or did I really find the balls on it? Just like that guy did. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he must have been suspicious if he went back to check the balls. Well, I wonder what, to your point, whether he liked it or not, what, what information did he learn later? Did he actually investigate this person or did his friends, did he tell a story to his friends? Bro, you're never going to believe it. This chick paid me 50 bucks and blew me. And they're going to say, nah, no way. Let me see this chick. Bro, check it out. And they said, no, no, no. That's a guy. No, no, no way, no way, no way. No, that's a guy. Is that why he did it? Or did they find out? Did he no, try to I think hide that it? He maybe? knew. It's not a feasible story to go into somebody's house in the dark that you've never met, have them blow you, they give you money, and then to only later be suspicious about the gender of that person. Yeah, I don't know. Like the the person's like on your wang, like you're going to feel their stubble and their, you know, if must you have been very clean shaven. You're right. Yeah. It's just not feasible. Um, so he had a gay encounter and then he backtracked hard on it. Okay. On that note, uh, are you ready to go? Do you want me to do over something? on uh, D live herb? Ever smells. Ew. Hila Klein might be the most busted bitch on earth. This is Ethan's wife. I don't know much oh, about her. She just her. had a baby. But I have said that about her before. Hmm. Is that all it says? That's all it says. <laughs> I don't know anything about her. I don't know if she's uh, what her what her beliefs are or what her what she's said about the current predicament. <laughs> um, are you good? I can check up on Tippy Stream if you're ready to go. Oh, go I'm ready. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Boat Swain's mate. Did I say something bad? No, it's fine. Right. <laughs> Uh, if Mr. Medicare has one infrequent stream tonight, as he promised, I'll have to catch this on the replay. Sorry, mm. I understand. We all have Mr. Medicare. Well, whenever you choose to, cons- to to tune into the show, we appreciate it. So thank you for that. Kyle Petey. This is random, but I remember you shouting out uh, Saigon before. I assume he means Sargon. I heard him for the first time on Adam and Stitch show, and he sounded like your typical TDS sufferer saying Trump was radical and calling the travel ban a Muslim ban. Because he hated Muslims? No, this is that's definitely not that? Sargon. Wasn't there an animator called Saigon or something? I don't know. I might. It's spelled. It's spelled like Saigon. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, what? Who knows? I don't know what work we were talking about, so it's hard for me to remember. It's, I assume it was probably a while back, but if you know the specific reference, but I just don't, I don't know. I, I also don't. Disturb two K seven. Lost one of my old um, captains, Navy lieutenant, and an old classmate, Marine mm. sergeant, this year to suicide. Some mm. of the best people I met to my brothers and sisters, even if your command doesn't care. We do. Thank you for saying that. It is a huge problem in the military. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you for supporting the show. And, and thank you for your service to the country. And I'm sorry to hear about uh, about those guys. He also said, I also I want to repeat a Michael Malice quote to the police there's no law so obscene that the police would not be willing to enforce it up to and including max execution of innocent children yeah 
Um, I'm supposed to believe that that they were so worried about endangering their lives. Why would you join the police force if you hadn't accepted some kind of assumed risk? You hadn't assumed some kind of risk that you were going to endanger your life for the for the public. Yeah, and of course, I don't know that this is the case in Uvalde, but just as a general idea of what's going on in the country, if you know that if you dare take risks in the in the profession of policing these days, you are likely to be vilified for it, potentially your entire career ruined at best, you might rot in jail at worst if you mm-hmm. dare take some risks in pursuit of even justified law enforcement, as would have been the case here. You know, you're going to attract a certain sort of person or not attract a certain sort of person to that career field. And again, that's not to say that's for sure what happened in Uvalde, but when you make sure that the sort of character who might be willing to take that risk when necessary is disincentivized, to become a police officer, shamed yeah. for being a police mm-hmm. officer, you're going to get this sort of result. Generally speaking, I don't, I don't know how long those guys in Uvalde had been on the force. For all I know, they were hired yesterday or they've been on the force for 30 years. But the more difficult, um, you know, the more difficult you make the, the more difficult you make that difficult job and you shame people for taking the risks that have to be taken you just get people who will stop taking the risks. You get events yeah. like this. Shittier police. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. They're always complaining about police, and then that those complaints have led to a weaker police force, making them actually worse. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Prezios, you guys need to watch Gone Girl. I've been reminded of the movie recently with the Depp versus Turd trial going on. It's such a good movie, but one that spoilers might actually ruin. Extremely underrated. I've hmm. seen Gone Girl. I really liked it. Is that an Amber Heard movie or what's the connection? No, it's just about a, a real psycho. Oh, <laughs> so um, there's the connection. I've not paid that much attention to the to the Depp trial, but they just Neither finished I, up. Uh, right? um, what? They just finished. Uh, yeah. So it's it's with the jury now, correct? I think okay. so. Am I going to have to keyword search turd to get back to where I was? <laughs> I can take over for a minute if you need. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Uh, Charles Yaus says, shout out to my dad who spent two years in Southeast Asia banging hookers in Saigon and shelling the Viet Cong with howitzers from a safe position behind the lines. Well, <laughs> thank you, Charles. It sounds like he really lived it up. That is uh, not the next one that I saw. Um, I think we skipped about. Oh, no, I'm talking about. I'm on Tippy Stream. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. Do you want me to continue? Um, or are you good? No, I'm. Re- I'm good. Uh, Boogeyman nine one seven says, "Cheers, cheers to you, Kirby B, Kirby D." Sorry, blonde. I know you collect body parts. Hmm. I can let my helmet go for a cool million. Is that a penis joke? <laughs> I guess it must be. A million dollars. You seriously would sell me your dick for a million dollars? <laughs> That's, I mean, I wouldn't buy it. That's, I'm drawing a line there. I don't want anybody's penis. Okay. In a jar. Um, Robin D. Banks, don't let Pride Month get you down. 2022 is the year of the red pill. We got this meme, the debauchery, and show it to the world. Libs of TikTok got it right. Let's emulate her success. I suppose maybe More there mockery. are some, some cultural winds are shifting. Perhaps the Shaniqua. times they are changing. It's just, uh, man, you wish some of those times would change a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. Shaniqua sending a brave. I'm a glass half full transracial whammon. So when I look at the collage of victims at Uvalde, there are at least uh, it's a lot of diversity and inclusion. P.S. Matt, let's, let's make love again. Oh, anytime, uh, Shaniqua. You know, I, I don't uh, I will not go to your house and kick your ass on the revelation of your uh, gender identity. 
I will promise you, you that. You probably should. Yeah. Probably should. Zach Coggins, as a Memorial Weekend gift to my mom, my mink and I are spending this weekend with my parents while she gets the house to herself. Sometimes peace and sleep are the best gifts a husband can give his wife. Aww. Is my husband listening? No, because <laughs> he's never heard this show before. <laughs> well, all, all the, the best, best to you and your family, of course, mink. As we must remind everyone, is a combination racial slur for the Irish Chinese combination that their it child is. is. Yep. Um, don't do 2K. We need to resurrect John Madden to announce one of the faggots games. Just to announce <laughs> no, the, one of the faggots. The Fagos games. games. Yeah, whatever. I wish I had a quality Madden impression. That would be great, but I can't. I can't do that. Architect of fantasy. Leftism is a progressive, uh, pun intended, mental disorder correlated with other disorders, mood disorders, dysphorias, paranoia. Look at the young turds, Ethan. The young turds, Ethan mm, Klein, philosophy tube. The list goes on and on. Um, thank you for that. There, no, there aren't a lot of you know. Sometimes I can to the point. There, are, I don't necessarily have to uh, agree with every with somebody's entire perspective to respect what they've achieved and respect, I suppose, what they're able to do. It's it's very hard for me to think of true progressives that I would want to emulate anything about other than yeah. I suppose like you've built a large audience, but you know, um, th that might be it. I appreciate the environmentalism. Hmm. I just mean like character qualities, you know, they're always like their devotion to coffee is admirable. <laughs> there you go. There you and go. They have, the, they have the appropriate level of beer oiling and trimming. And then I kind of like this bicycle culture. I think it's cute. Oh, okay. They've got some things right. I don't know. I just Hipster see a bunch bars. of obese complainer hypocrites, and I don't want to be anything like them. That's true. <laughs> um, Knuckle Hunky Buck. If the active shooter situation had transitions like transitioned, like he said, uh, it it had a forty percent chance of ending itself anyway. <laughs> well, that took a second, but I uh, I got you. Wow. Uh. I'm living on a prayer. Uh, Matt McFadder, sick of being pandered to every June because the most obnoxious ones get the spotlight and many of us just want to be left alone. I know. What about our resident gays that like aren't super lame about being homos? <laughs> don't get really offended about it. Like, yeah. uh, I'd be so mad. Why be Nick? We have the fox contained in the hen house, folks. Nothing to see here. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, containment is not always ideal. Uh, who's yep. contained in there? What's contained in there? Relevant questions. Um, President Magtama. The detail in Uvalde are as sketchy and shifting as Mandalay Bay and putting on a second layer of tinfoil. I know. Something about this stinks, and I hate to go all did Sandy Hook happen or whatever, but like... <laughs> He had a lot of gear. Uh, uh, Ramos did the shooter. Yeah. Did I? I should. I should know this, but was he wearing an armor kit too? I think so. The, I, I don't. I don't know how he acquired that either. Has that been disclosed? From uh, from some fed. Ah, the way we all get our armor properly. The jackalope. An armed group of parents would have rushed in and ro uh, and robocoped the shooter, even if they knew one or two of them were going to die. I know. That's true. I mean, I, I it, obviously I think uh, a mob of unorganized people is not as ideal as a squad of organized people with the skill set necessary. However, if the choice is mob of unorganized but very mad people with guns versus mm -hmm. standing around for an hour, 
I will take mob of unorganized, very angry people with guns. That's a better option. I mean, even if I it's would not do that ideal. for Emmeline. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I can't imagine what sort of mindset they're in. Uh, I go in of- with my bullet powder and <laughs> my musket, and I'd be like, bang, bang, pew, pew. <laughs> I'm doing uh, this responsibly with uh, black powder, <laughs> Michael Moore, just like the founders intended. Jackalope, I yeah. read that esoteric unbound. Friday, a couple ignorant co-workers were talking. The AR should be illegal crap. I had to walk away before getting myself into trouble. Like other dem talking points, the rate of fire argument hasn't aged very well. That is true. Well, and of course, even if they go through with some sort of quote unquote assault weapons ban, what's going to happen? Um, exactly what happened in New York where it's banned. But that means what? A manufacturer just walks right up to the line of what's legal and sells that anyway. And of course, yeah, AR platform or any other modular platforms. If you want the things that are banned, like a pistol grip or, you know, a flash hider, or you want certain attachments, those are all things a person can, they're pieces of plastic and metal that a person can add to the gun after the fact. You're, you can 3d print a lot of that stuff. If you want to, you're never going to ban the thing? assault. Oh, they're more advanced than ever. Yeah. Mm. What can be done with those is pretty incredible. Wicked RCL, former infantry Marine. This is my wheelhouse. There was more than enough cops to kick the door, tactical gear or not, hmm. and smoke that kid. I breached doors with much worse behind it with less. Uh, yeah, I know. I really don't think there's an excuse for this. Yeah, I, I'm trying to do my best in giving the benefit of the doubt and waiting for the explanation from the police. They're just, again, they're just not giving one. And until they say, here was the plan until Border Patrol usurped the plan for all i know they were just going to camp out until he got hungry and came out for uh, i don't know mcdonald's or something like that yeah and then get him that behana fam says derek chauvin would have saved those kids <laughs> uh <laughs> i guess with his uh knee of justice his name, Justin Martin, yeah. says, uh, where do you guys stand on shooter drills worth traumatizing everyone a generation to ultimately fail to save everyone? I can't stand this cowardly abundance of caution BS. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's I think it's probably bad for the psyche of children. And these do remain rare occurrences. Uh, I, I don't think that I would be anti. I think that I want everybody to be prepared for any all sorts of uh, possibilities. I, I suppose. I mean. Is it traumatizing to train kids for tornadoes? Is it traumatizing to train them for earthquakes? I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I understand the argument is, well, we don't want this to be necessary. Right. I don't want kids to die in earthquakes at schools either, but the reality is it's possible. And I don't think it's necessarily unreasonable to give kids a protocol for a variety of situations. What about guns for children? Tiny little guns. A lady derringer for every baby. We have to push back on the the two-way culture so I, i'm in i'm in favor it's the right trajectory even if Marty a little Funkhauser, too far uvalde cops did a great job providing armed security for ramos equivocate and double speak all you want they're cowards always arm yourself yep i'm inclined to agree well and that's that's i don't understand how the lesson is the cops the premise is cops did a bad job lesson only the cops should have the guns okay no matter what even if the cops do a great job if a threat comes for you you're your own first responder If the cops are trying to do a good job and they get taken out, let's say they try to breach that door. Ramos shoots them dead. You're and you're still there. You're your own last responder. Okay, like whether the cops are capable um, and whether they actually achieve what they're trying to do, there's nothing that can substitute 
you being prepared to handle the situation right. for yourself if the situation confronts you. I will always, you know, if someone, if I was in such a situation, of course, if I have the ability to call 911, I will call 911. But I know that that's not always uh, an available option either. And you need to be prepared in case it's you that needs to respond on behalf of yourself or others. Yeah. I just, I don't understand how the lesson here is. Let let those, we hate the job that those guys did, but make sure only those guys have the guns and the ability to respond. It's a preposterous argument. Uh, people don't trust themselves, that's why. And they still have faith in institutions despite their myriad failures. Hmm. Uh, simple Dan Forever. Tragic as this is, it gives us a good intel. Tactical equipment is not readily available and they will retreat at the slightest pushback valuable for when they're given order 6-6 on 2A. That's maybe <laughs> true, but I think it's going to be elite more elite people that are trying to take the gun. Yeah, I suppose if they're sending the Uvalde School District Police Force to do the confiscation, maybe they will be intimidated that, away. Yeah. But uh, if it's other forces, if they send the Border Patrol guys, maybe it's a little messier. Yep. Um, man, I keep losing my spot. This app is so stupid. Okay, glow in the dark. The cops couldn't disrupt the holy ritual of guns are bad. The feds need innocent blood to stop the bad gun nuts. He also says a good guy with a gun won't stop a bad guy with a gun, which is stop giving Ukraine guns. It won't stop Putin. Ignore the CBP agent and the woman that stopped a shooter um, a few days after the Texas shooting. And he also said the founding fathers gutted other men with bayonets. The carnage they saw would make more puke. That's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. Um, Well, nothing could make Michael more puke. He holds down his his food very well. But uh, thank you for the support for the show, too. Robin, D. I am not going to be niggardly. Um, guys, yesterday was the six year anniversary of another fatal shooting on the 28th of May 2016. Harambe, mm. peace be upon him, was brutally gunned down. May he forever rest in pepperoni. Rest. That's true. That's true. I do we remember that Harambe. was right when the show started. We even played a Harambe tribute song for a little we while did. that summer. Um, I'm still sad. Zulu Charlie says, Jen Blackie. Yep. Pablacky. Don't be racist. Jim Pablacky. Esoteric. I'm bad. I forgot to mention that I wanted to cite the correlation of school shooters with fatherlessness, but one of my coworkers is, I don't need no man and my boy doesn't need a father feminist. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, he had an absentee father. People want to tell me that's unrelated. Ken Nichols, would Michael Moore advocate to repeal the First Amendment for the networks because the founding fathers hadn't envisioned radio and television? You should ask him. The sad thing is I think he might. I think he might say, they never have foreseen the damage that people like Rush Limbaugh would do with a radio. He might say something like that. Consistency, credit for his honesty, maybe credit for his consistency. (laughs) Glow in the dark, ignore knife crime. In London, that has over 46,000 knife incidents and similar murder cases as Chicago. We need common sense family reform. Yeah. Cast off left-wing values. Bring back more wholesome values. That is on the nose. Make dad great again. Uh, yep, dad exactly. gets a lot of this bullshit under control when he's around to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodzilla. By the signing of the Constitution, the Girandoni. Girandoni. Hmm. Is that right? Air rifle was available. It could fire its entire magazine, 22 rounds in under a minute. Extremely lethal. The founders saw advances in guns they knew. And that's also a preposterous argument to think that these highly intelligent men that were building a nation, um, super high IQs, could not fathom that there would be technical advancement across all arenas. Yeah. And what they were talking about was timeless fundamental truths that are not subject to technological change of the day these are things that 
are part of the natural world around us. They're not any more changeable than gravity or any other natural force. You have yeah. a right to defend yourself morally. Yep. It's a moral truth that pre-exists any of our attempts to try to enshrine morality in law or try to set set rules for our behavior. It doesn't matter if there's a government telling us that murder is wrong. The reality is in the natural state of the world, it is morally wrong to take the life of another person because that in cold blood, at least because that life has a purpose. If you accept the premise that life has a purpose, the rest of the moral structure follows. Exactly. Yep. But yep. You know, if you grant the premise that life, it's all big accident, life has no purpose, we made up the rules. Well, <laughs> very convenient. We can just make up the rules after the fact. We can decide that murder is okay, and we can make dinosaurs and get lectured by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. Uh, redeemed one. I was in high school during Columbine. You could tell which hunting season it was by which firearms were hanging in the headache racks in the trucks outside. That yeah. Can't... Oh, is that what they're called? Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I think headache might be a typo, but it just, uh, rifles in racks on trucks outside of the school. He said no one got yeah. shot. Yeah, there used to be a more trusting environment around around guns, I think. Yeah. Trav to the world. Nedry, you can run this whole park from this room with minimal staff for up to three days. Feel bad. Before I make the boat with the others, staff wasn't oh. abandoned, all left on the last boat. That's why the park is so empty. Did oh. I miss that detail? Maybe I need to go back and revisit. You might be right. But wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Before... St before I make the boat with the others. So everybody was in on the bribe with. Is that the case? That seems implausible too, though, that he had this deal where everyone was going to be evacuated. No, there's I don't no, know. there's no way that everybody else, because if everybody else is in on it, then why would he have to conceal what he's doing from everybody else? I need to go back and listen to this. Listen to he this. Needs to watch it again. <laughs> if you show me. That, uh, you know, when, when does that, uh, that, that Asian lab worker guy who's, who's debating with, with, uh, with Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, wh whenever he escapes, I need to know where did, where did he go? I know. Uh, Brian Selter. I can't read the rest of the, of that though. Sorry. Professional potato, potato, potato. Is that it? Yeah. Um, our Lord and savior, George Floyd has been sober for two years. Thoughts and prayers for the junkie is dark. Mm. And full of errors. <laughs> Why did we get so much George Floyd poetry tonight? Did one inspire the because other? Of, Maybe. Um, because of uh, Barack Obama's tweet. But that wasn't poetic. It was. Well, maybe. Spoke to my heart. All right. Uh, Righteous God. Gun Control Act of 68 signed by Johnson. Restricted mail order sales after JFK assassination. Before that, only two laws in 30, 1930. Laws imposed taxes on gun manufacturers and governed interstate commerce of firearms so sears mail order tommy guns confirmed right that's not a mistaken so. understanding uh, I, I steve also says i hope i'm saying this right the girardoni girardoni rifle invented in 1778 held 30 rounds it was made famous by a little excursion into the west headed by some people named lewis and clark hmm. commissioned by some guy named thomas jefferson it hashtag if only the fathers had known yeah Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. speaking of Lewis and Clark, that, of course, is my alma mater, Lewis and Clark mm -hmm. College in Portland, Oregon, which I'm sure they would be appalled to have me reference. I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. Get uh, bent, Lewis and Clark. They, they, well, of course, they famously uh, snubbed me and us. They did a whole magazine article about famous podcasts that have come out of Lewis and Clark College 
that nobody listens to. Okay, in terms of numbers, we have to be the most famous podcast that has come out of Lewis and Clark. One of them was about like diversity in baseball or some bullshit like that. So, yeah, I got snubbed on that. Anyway, only a matter of time until Lewis and Clark College changes its name because, of course, it's named after two racist conquerors, one of whom (laughs) owned a slave and brought the slave on the expedition. Yeah. Only a matter of time. And I Striking will accept Matt and Blonde College when they read him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though I didn't go there and I have nothing to do with uh, Bill yeah. McPherson. 50% of West Virginians own firearms. We have constitutional care. We also have one of the largest veteran populations. We also have the best police academy in the nation. We mm. are the official F around and fine out state. I believe it. That woman, one shot. Yeah. Thank guy's you, dead. Bill. Hope you're doing well, man. And she had a pistol and he had an AR-15. That's why I'm curious on the distance. It sounds like a hell of a shot. The guy was in a car when he was shooting. Is that correct? No, he got out, he of, got the out of the car and started shooting. Yeah. Okay. But it was an apartment complex. So yeah. perhaps her vantage point was better. Yeah, I wonder. Um, Oathridge Runner. Norway has the highest number of mass shootings per capita of all first world nations. The U.S. is ninth. Oh, is that true? I, I know. I think that we need to keep in mind that this is um still a rare occurrence despite the media coverage. Well, and the other thing about uh, mass shootings as they define them, which is usually for more injuries, I think, it is uh, Gang he- it is heavily of a in, a, in urban urban centers. Uh, you know, draw your own hateful conclusions, but generally, particularly what we're talking about here, which is like mass school shooting, um, like a person sort of raiding a. Uh, a point uh, a, a point of gathering of a bunch of innocent people and just gunning them down. Of course it happens. I'm not telling you it doesn't. But when we talk about mass shootings, the, the statistic, we're often talking about the sort of stuff that we saw in Sacramento just last month, where it is a whole bunch of gang members shooting at each other and hitting other gang members and shooting innocent people, often incidentally. That was really funny footage, though. I don't remember what, what I don't, was there one of them was the thing put his car in neutral. It was, um, they were shooting into, uh, a house. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I saw footage in this case, but maybe I'm thinking of something you else. You did. It was on the podcast. It was in Chicago, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Didn't Lori Lightfoot get into a fight with Kim Fox about it? Oh, this, yeah, that was the Chicago one where Kim Fox said it was mutual combat. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. That's a good one. Um, trapped of the world. When we have control again, you never had the control. It's an illusion. Yeah. That's a thesis of the movie. JP is Crichton's flawless parable um, about the absurdity of central planning. Exactly. Great Liberty film. There is a lot of that. You phrased end. it better than I could. Thank you, man. And perhaps I have unfairly besmirched it with my accusations of not being thoughtful about staff evacuation. <laughs> Glow in the dark. W.E.F. Thought. Everything doesn't need to be a binary. Me, an intellectual. You just made another binary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The World Economic Forum thought, the Australian lady. T-H-O-T, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Philip Tabarak. Tabarak. The LP is ours. The Ron Paul revolution is alive and well. Join us. Mm. I do love Ron Paul. Hal Edwards. I recommend you both watch The Crying Game. It was the closest I've ever come to screaming in a movie. All right. A lot of people have told me that. Um, glow in the dark sent a few more. Uvalde cops had LVL level four. Is that what this means? Armor. Yeah. They would have had a good chance to take out Ramos without serious injury. As long as they are decent shots themselves. There have been 150 cops there near the end. Um, they had the manpower period. Hmm. He also said in the 1950s, the schools had shooting ranges. We love no you. School shootings. You're very special. Thank you. Glow in the dark. You are, I guess our assumed mm-hmm. fed supporter. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glowy. Mm. The leftist corruption has caused more death than guns. Uh, yes, there wasn't this culture of fear around firearms, even when I was in high school. Mm. Um, Laser 47. I don't see any similarities between the Jurassic Institute of Virology and the Wen Wuhan <laughs> Park. Wait, did I mess up the name? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag good, tranny dinos. Good point. Yeah. Um. Das Pooch, Jesus fucking Christ, Blonde, you hate Jurassic Park, a movie that is 10 times better than Blade Runner. Lol, get wrecked. Blade Runner is a classic. Jurassic Park is a steaming pile of dog shit. Fight me. I don't care. It's hard for me to imagine hating Jurassic Park. I get that. It's hard for me to imagine anybody hating Blade Runner, but here we are. Half the world hates Blade Runner. It's probably one of the most uh, polarizing movies of all time. It is polarizing. I'll give you that. Um, you know, a mass appeal is not my jam, except I do a lot of things to appeal to the masses. So maybe I should backtrack on that a little bit. Um, Kyle Petey, it was definitely Sargon. It was on a recent Stitch and Adam show. I believe it was Blonde who recommended him. That doesn't sound like me. I'm also skeptical it was Sargon, like Carl Benjamin, because he, he he understands Trump. I don't know if he's like a Trump super fan, but but Carl. I don't remember, honestly, Kyle. I'm sorry. Um yeah. Gary Christensen shows almost over not enough time to make a joke. I have a good one about garbanzo beans, <laughs> but I'm saving it for another podcast. Keep up the good work. By the way, I was a Christensen before it was cool. <laughs> well, it's not cool now. What are you talking about? Yeah, we like uh, terrible movies. We don't like uh, Blade Runner. Um, mm. And I've mentioned, you know, I had a relative named Gary who was. Uh, well, he had some run ins with the law. He shot a police okay. officer. Did that Gary, not this Gary. Did the police officer deserve it, though? And he survived, too, as, as far as I understand. Mm. Mm, knuckle honky buck. I give no credit for Michael Moore's consistency. I'm sure he has the consistency of a bowl of jello and spaghetti noodles. He also yeah. said, Matt and Blonde College is a bad name. I vote for university and the beta. Like, <laughs> we, have to, uh, we have to revive the old show name one way or another. That seems fair. Okay. I do love it. We are um, a little oh. bit past the bottom of the hour. I just have... Uh, tippy stream if you're if you're able to hang out oh, but yeah, if you need to fine. bail uh let me know let's see uh eric burns marsh says uh i second the motion gringo o'rourke is a sick son of a bitch agreed little stanky says hey yo my n-word with a a soft n-word not an r i've been <laughs> i've been fitting to get into a good bible study group for a minute Y'all going to have to get me into that if i do that shit y'all going to get me into heaven all right this, this he needs a ticket. Little Stanky does. Amazing Esteban. <laughs> You're welcome to join, Little Stanky. Sorry, Lil Stanky. There's no T. Lil Stanky. Amazing Esteban. My great friend is sort of related to him, not by blood. Uh, for the uh, for the door, the teacher the teachers use it for convenience. The parking lot is a distance to walk, so the teachers keep it open. Only for that reason, the principal uh, has not told them not to, but uh, but do it anyway okay so a plausible explanation for that the door was propped open at the uh at the elementary school i don't know man i i I certainly can believe there are incidental reasons why that might happen what gets me is somebody seeing the door open somebody seeing the shooting calling 911 to say there's a shooting not closing the door which is apparently the sequence of events but we'll get a new press conference on tuesday i'm sure that will reverse that entire understanding Bane Cood says police are lying pussies. <laughs> Just use a shotgun on the door. Uh, Pinoid News Channel goes into depth on to how and why cops are pussified. Well, you might be like, I have no doubt that 
I, I don't know. I certainly don't want to discuss like a particular individual and make that accusation without, you know, specific facts to that person. But I have no doubt, given the political forces that are in play, that there are broad scale efforts to do that sort of pussification that you might be discussing. I think that's that's probably fair. Um, and it's probably why you see a lot of uh, police officers who would be willing and able to take to take such action, you know, leaving the force by by force or by choice under the circumstances. Redicus says, if I was a father that was arrested, those uh, whose daughter died, the world would be no forgiveness. We haven't accomplished anything by breaching the perimeter, but with 20 plus officers, their names would be mud. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like to lose a kid in that situation under any circumstances, but the rage that they must, those families must be experiencing given the news that keeps coming out. Just terrible. Unimaginable. Redicus also says on a brighter note, the border patrol agent that got a call from his wife, the teacher and left a haircut with the barber's shotgun screams America. Someone needs to, Make some fan art. Yeah, I don't know all the details on that, but that is true. There was another Border Patrol agent getting a haircut, got a call, borrowed a shotgun from the barber and headed on over. Redicus says, we pretend that the current background check system isn't just a decentralized gun registry. We are also are afraid to look into the mirror and see our own faults. Proverb, uh, the child that isn't embraced by the tribe will burn it down to feel the warmth. Ooh. Ooh. Um, you know that is, there is there is some truth to that as a, as a technical matter. You know when you go get a uh, a background check at uh, your gun shop, the gun shop is required by law to maintain a record of that transaction and the gun that was sold, including the serial, for inspection upon request. You know upon uh, you know a warrant or whatever law enforcement investigation happens later. So, as a technical matter, there's. Legally, there can be no gun registry. The feds are not allowed to collect that information en masse. They can only collect it, collect that information when it's specific to a crime. But to the point, uh, are we going to believe that there's no collection of that information en masse, absent warrants or cr- criminal investigation? Yeah, I mean, the infrastructure already exists in large part. I, I certainly accept that. N-word, F-word says we need to look no further. Th- <laughs> what? We need to look no further than certain characteristics to see who is behind the relocations of the relocation of jogger McFentanyl (laughs) to Epstein's recently vacated Island, but Mm. we'll never hear the, the Les Pablackies, Les Pablacky, the Les Pablackies of the world do anything other than carry their kosher wine. Okay. A lot to unpack on that one, but spicy. uh, you know, I'll just leave that where it is, Mr. N-word, F-word. Xander says, when do Texas, uh, when did Texas become full of pussies? A bunch of useless Republicans and pussies who would even allow those animals to protest like that. No wonder uh, Democrats are are taking over that state. I suppose there could be some truth. To that. In fairness to the protesters, I, I haven't seen a lot of evidence of criminal activity. I didn't see yeah. any violence or anything. Eh, like the protesters look like a bunch of absurd jackasses, point taken. But um I don't know that uh, you could really, you know, I don't know that there was cause to go stop them. I suppose they were just, you know, yelling things. Uh, but maybe I, I don't know. Uh, Phil says this is the periodic reminder to myself and the others that the in real life connections are, are what are what matters in the end. Touch grass, find your tribe, make babies. 
that is true. You know, as much as I appreciate internet connections and it's my career and made a lot of friends and I think made a lot of meaningful connections through it. And other people have too through this show and elsewhere. The internet is great at connecting people. However, when it is your only means of talking to people, the, Not virtu- great. the virtual yeah. aspects of it cannot be erased. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. it, there's a reason I have to turn off the internet every single day and experience time by myself doing other activities, experience time with my family, experience real people. It's because the internet is not a substitute. It might be a, a thing of value, but it's not a substitute. Yeah. Xander yep, says, I, I wish Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind would have been chosen. Great movie. I agree. It is uh, It is great in my memory. I haven't seen it forever. But um, okay. Kim, Leslie says, uh, I was hoping to watch live, but got caught up in a conversation on culture and theology. Excited to hear about the Bible study and looking forward to listening to the rest of the show. Blessing. Blessings for both you and your family as well. You as well, Kim. That is very much appreciated. I am not going to be niggardly. And I think uh, we are all set. We're good on DLive. Are you good on YouTube? Yep. Okay. Give a quick refresh here just to be double sure. Oh, wait. I have one more on YouTube. You uh, Christian says, Blonde is secretly attracted to Jerry and the Let. Is this, is this Jerry Seinfeld? You love him. <laughs> it's like AOC. You criticize because you want to date. That is confirmed. You know? Uh, oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. It is very much appreciated. Um, on, a, on a holiday weekend, uh, no less, and with difficult news, no less. Of course, uh, we thank those who made the ultimate sacrifice for this country once more. And uh, if you're listening later on demand, uh, we appreciate you for tuning into the show as well. If you're looking for more to listen to, perhaps you have some travel time over the holiday. You can find more listening material on the audio platforms, including Blonde's interviews, which I will post the latest one uh, tomorrow. You can also find that on our YouTube channel. We also have the uh, replays of the call-in show. You can listen to those as well. All sorts of stuff linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great evening. Bye, guys.